sit back and get ready to have the most fun you ever had with an electronic device. Old balls. Is that a shot at me? <laughs> it could be, but it's not. It's a shot at all three of us. <laughs> that should be the name of the podcast. All right, everybody, welcome out to the log room. It is Wednesday, November 11th, 2020. Jersey Johnny coming at you right now with me, as always, are Radio Pete and Harry Lugnuts. Say hello, guys. Howdy, folks. Hello, guys. There you go. It is indeed still 2020. It is. It is. For only another, what, seven weeks? Six weeks, something like that. (laughs) Which in 2020 time is uh, 14 months. 11 trips around the sun. (laughs) That's right. There you go. So how are you guys doing today? Well, the Giants won, so I'm not feeling so good. You're not happy, are you? I, I think we're, it's like Groundhog's Day. We're going to have seven more years of Daniel Jones. <laughs> seven more years of Daniel Jones. Yeah. And, you know, I, I feel good because I, the Jets, once again, played their very best second half football. That's right. Uh, lost. Yeah. And uh, even though it was to the Patriots, uh, whatever. It's crazy. That's, no, that's really just whatever. It's whatever. At this point, yeah. it's whatever. It really yeah. is. That's, yeah. yeah. That's my attitude. For and, the and, and speaking of that, season. just. Just to start start the show off, Meg Riley wants to know if it has battery. Is it an electronic device? Meg, you know the answer to that. <laughs> the answer is yes, and you've had way more fun with that than you will with this podcast. <laughs> but if you combine the two, then you are a sick, sick woman. <laughs> <laughs> then I need your name and number. No. There you go, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway, on that note, I'd like to... Uh, I'd like to uh, let everybody know, just remember, if you don't know already, it is Veterans Day, folks. It is. So I would like to personally thank each and every single veteran out there, even the married ones. Um, thank you for your service to your country. Uh, it's yes. It's been great. Thank you so much. And if you're watching this, you know, make sure that you thank all the veterans that you know as well. Please do. It's an important thing that we remember them every day, not just once a year. Um, let it, uh, you know, get the thank yous out there. Do that. And, Absolutely. Uh, you know. Feelings, guys? Feelings? Echo- I, don't, I don't have any anymore. <laughs> no feelings. At least, that's what I've been, at least that's what I've been told. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just, I, I, I have kept my mouth shut because there have been a number of uh, posts and things that I've seen from people saying, uh, happy Veterans Day to all you vets who've served and are currently serving. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, okay. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, the sentiment is nice, but it's a stretch, but yeah, it's, you know, it's the sentiment. It's, it's the sentiment. But they eventually, you know, those that are serving will be vets as well. So um I, I just you know, I find that's you know or you know, happy memorial day. It's kind of one of those things that like, well right. why would you happy you're not really day. you're not really getting the purpose of the day right here. But it has it has less to do with the pie and more to do with the memorial. Exactly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, I haven't yeah. said anything to anybody, or you know, f- for once in my life, I decided not to be an erudite jerk who corrects people and stuff like that. Exactly, it was painful, but I did it. 
Well, we Nobody listens that. anyway, so. Yeah. And, uh, just uh, <laughs> not, not to change the subject or to change the subject, Meg, Meg Riley said, uh, uh, you're right. And I'm not sure whether she means you're right that she's a sick, sick woman if she uses both or that you need a any, number. I'm not sure. Anytime a woman says you're right, right. I, I, run with it. I just <laughs> say thank you it. and run with it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to put that on my list. That That's makes right. number four. November Great. 11th, 2020. Fourth time a woman you're, ever said, you're Fourth. Right. You're a lucky man. <laughs> well, two of them, they were asleep. They were asleep. Right. <laughs> my makes, wife said it when I, she was asleep. But that makes counts. Makes more sense, yeah. Can, I don't think she was talking to me. Right. But still, I was the only one in the room, so you it heard counts. It, it meant something. There you yeah, go. I heard it, so it counts. Exactly. She had her Calm app on, and she was listening to Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You're oh, right. Oh, you're right, yes. Well, thanks, uh, honey. And on on that note, let's also uh, <laughs> no. let's, let's let's also uh, put out a congratulations to Mr. Uh, Shane Bieber and Mr. Trevor Bauer, uh, winners of the AL and NL respectively Cy Young Awards this year, announced just uh, just a few minutes ago, half an hour ago. Or so um, it was a uh, it was a it was a tough race in the National League. I mean, you know, Degrom was up for his uh, his third in a row, but Trevor Bauer's. Uh, ERA was just, you know, just too, too low. And uh, all the other numbers were, were pretty, you know, close. So, Yeah, and I think if you had, you know, the experts, pundits and all that, who – and there were, there were a couple who said this, but if the majority of them were really speaking truth right. and, and not being politically correct, those are probably uh, the guys that they would have just said, yeah, these are the guys that are going to win. Yeah. Uh, but you know, oh well, it's it's really close, and you know, Degrom didn't really have that much of a chance. I don't think. I mean, it was. It, I want to say it was. I want to say. I do not want to say it was completely preordained. But I think if we were speaking honestly, we'd go. We kind of know who's going to win. Yeah, well, but... nobody declared themselves the winner and st- stopped the counting after. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So. Yeah, and hopefully there's so no, we can learn something for baseball. There's no yeah. uh, boxes of ballots in a river somewhere yeah, that no, it's uh, not didn't happening. get counted. And uh, oh my, my gosh, it was that other guy. So, yes, but in any event, Bowers having a press conference though between a porn shop and a landscaping <laughs> company right next to a crematorium as we speak. So, all three of which he owns. All three of which he owns. Yes, exactly. So he's got to have somebody run them when he uh, when he's on another team next year. This will be the first time since is it ninety two ninety three since Greg Maddox actually won the Cy Young and left his team. Where did Maddox so, go? I can't even remember. Jeez, uh, not sure. Anyway, we don't have we don't have a, 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 somebody to look that up. Yeah, um, let's get let's get uh, uh, Paul over on our uh, <laughs> you know, stats guy <laughs> checking it out. Let's uh, let's all take a guess and we'll see who comes in geographically closest. Okay, and don't just pick. Central teams. Yeah. They go to the Cubs? I want to say the Cubs. Uh, Don't worry. Oh, he started with the Cubs. He started with the Cubs. Cubs. Yeah, he left the Cubs. I'm going to say like... uh... He did go to the Cubs, actually. He went to the Cubs after the Braves, and then he played for the Dodgers, the Padres, and the Dodgers. Yeah, but I was going to say... He won the Cy Young Young and the Braves or the Cubs? He won the Cy Young with the Braves. Yeah. Right, so and then ninety yeah. two, yeah, that's right, because they went. But he went to the Cubs. He played three years with the Cubs after the Braves. There you go. I didn't know how did how, heck did Greg Maddox pitch until two thousand eight? That just seems wrong, doesn't it? Well, they might have rolled him out for a game or two here and there, you know. Just I don't like know. The end of he, telling his career, maybe he 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 won a he won he he was an all star in two thousand. So yeah, so I guess uh, 
Yeah. He had a very long career. Yeah, 95. He won a World Series and the he was a four-time Cy Young winner. I guess he did win one with the Cubs. One with the Cubs and You know John John Donovan just said he won in Chicago and then went to Atlanta. Yeah. There you go. He won the Cy Young. Cy Young. Obviously he didn't win the World Series. No, no, no. Yeah, Chicago. Cy Young. We're talking yeah. about yeah. Thanks, John. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was that was official researcher of the. John Donovan is our official the log room researcher. Thanks. That was our Greg Maddox left turn of the month. Jeez. And John is really only in that position because he's sitting there going, "Don't these idiots know anything?" I just let me. I shut up and talk about something else. It was Chicago and then Atlanta. Can we move on? Move on. Right. All right, then why don't we uh, why don't we move on to some football then, uh, if we really have to? But well, um, yeah, let's let's <laughs> let's start let's start with the Jets this week. Let's start with the Jets. Why not? Let's start with the Jets this week. They were pretty amazing. They were amazing for thirty minutes. Yeah, as usual. Yep. And they lost, and they're still in the hunt. And other than that, who really knows anything that's going on? Uh, look, uh, Flacco played pretty well. Had all of his. Um, weapons right yeah uh and had a nice uh, connection with uh mr perriman uh but they Flacco look good they blew Flacco. it in the end and they're the jets and i mean i think they're building a case that they are dedicated to having no more than one victory yeah and uh, although this would have been a good one and well, they're, they are, they're winning they are, they are they are in the uh hunt for uh the first pick. No, oh, no, and, no and, question. I mean, would you rather have the first pick or three wins? I'd I rather think. have the first pick, of course. Yeah. But I mean, I think they are. What well, I mean, I don't think anybody is dropping the ball on purpose or anything no. like that. They're but not. there is just such a marked difference in play between first and second halves that they're, you know, whatever the whatever the call is, whatever the coaching scheme is, they're getting it done in that respect. Right, and uh, you know, I got to, you know, looking at it though. Uh, I mean, they played an amazing game in the first in the first half, and then you know the they did the same thing with the Bills. The offense just tailed right off. Where was the play calling from the first half? I mean, did they forget? Did they leave the playbook in the locker room? But my question is this: the defense was playing really, really well in the first half, and they were gone. They were non they were non-existent in the second half. And Greg Williams is better than that. You know, I won't, I won't. We won't say anything about the offense, but as far as the defense goes, if he had them working in the first half, and it wasn't like they were like that spent in the second half, they were a little bit, but they weren't like horrible. They weren't on the field the whole whole second half. Um, what it almost makes me think that they got a little worried about losing the first pick, and then they, you know, they had a little suck chat at halftime. You know, well, the same thing that happened uh, the week before. Yeah, it's a recurring theme. Josh, Cam Newton talked about Josh McDaniels' halftime uh, talk. And uh, I guess he said, you know, hey, guys, we're going to win this game. And then they said, oh, yeah, we're playing the Jets. <laughs> they forgot for a minute. Yes. Yeah. I think that is what kind of happens to a lot of teams. I think teams play down to their opponent a lot. And I think that's why the Jets, part of why the Jets look good in the first half of games. And they didn't. They only lost by what three points? So yeah. I don't know, yeah, I mean, last they, minute field goal. So they're, they did, did get a second half touchdown. So it wasn't like they were yeah. completely inept right. in that second half. But you know, when they're really coming down to the end of the game, there uh, you have an interception, and then I think they just punted. There was a three and out on their last uh, couple of drives. 
All right. And and that's it, you know. Then and then of course New England scores uh, the touchdown to tie, and then and then they kick the field goal to win. So you know, um, a, a less <laughs> less uh, thrown, let's say, game look or less thrown looking kind of game, but yeah. they made it seem natural. They made, yeah, they made the loss seem more natural. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's the right way to put it. Right. Yeah. It, it well, almost seemed like it that, wasn't on purpose. That second to last play, or not even not including the uh, the the clock and the ball. Um, when when uh, Cam Newton got the ball off and, and got it down into field goal range, the, the defenders were like 14 yards off of him. Did they not expect him to throw that pass? I mean, seriously, that that uh, unless it was just a complete blown assignment, they were almost like they were giving them the game. That's, that's How many people were actually watching that game? That's what I want to know. Between the three, besides the three of us, I'm not sure. Yeah, I didn't even watch all of it. Be- I'll be honest with you, I watched the highlights because it wasn't on here. Well, how many are? Uh... How many guys are on each team? Yeah. So well, half they, of that. They weren't so watching, half, though. So half of that. Yeah, I think it's 40, right. 44. Is that how many they have on each team? 47, I, I believe. All right. So let's just say. 100 people were watching. 100 on the field yeah. with coaches and stuff. But right. there's, Who there's, could have potentially been watching? They're still, they still have a perfect season. Yeah. Yes, perfectly awful. True. Yes, well, I mean, that is the Jets. I mean, There we go. That, yeah. Uh, what do I say every? What do I say every week? The, the answer Jets, to all uh, your questions is, they're the Jets. They're the Jets. Done. Yeah. Every so we could have wrapped this entire conversation up by saying they're the Jets. Next. Yeah. Pretty. Yeah, the Jets. Nice. And, and the everyone Jets. would know what we're talking about. There you go. Yeah, now those Giants, Jets. on the other hand. Now the Giants. Yes. Now I mean, they rushed for a season high 166 yards on Sunday, and I mean Gallman had 68 yards and. Alfred Morris, I mean, I probably would have preferred Bam Morris even right now, but uh, Alfred Morris had uh, 67 yards too. I mean, it was, it was, and that's against uh, Washington. And I know we're talking about Washington here, but they do have Montez Sweat and Chase. No. Uh, no, we're, we're, what we're talking about is two NFC East teams playing each other, which means that garbage football can win. Right. You've got a chance. That's true. That's true. Uh, but I mean, yeah. But I, t- the Giants. The Giants are a slightly better team than Washington. I mean, that's – and it, it probably shouldn't have been as close as it was. Well, right now they're actually playing the best football in, in the NFC East. Mm. You know, And I know yeah. that's, that's like saying you know, that this shirt is the least smelliest in the dirty laundry pile. <laughs> right. But, you know, it's, uh, it, it is what it is. You know, they, they are actually looking decent. But, you know, maybe they'll, maybe they'll win four or five games. And they're on their – Super Bowl bound, baby. Super oh. Bowl bound. Could you imagine if they actually pull out the NFC East and go on a tear in the playoffs? No, I can't. No, I can't either. <laughs> and it's not going to happen. But could you imagine if it did? No, I can't. I can't. But I could – yeah. <laughs> Let's just think of all the other quarterbacks that are excelling in the league that they could have drafted. But I, di- I digress. You digress. Well, Austin Mack, he's an undrafted rookie. Uh, he – had a pretty good game, 72 yards receiving or whatever. I guess they really didn't miss, miss Golden the, Tate. The Giants, the Giants receiving corps are, are actually pretty good. I mean, yeah. that's what that's my takeaway. The offensive line was not horrible. Wasn't. And defense played very well. The defense, the Giants defense is looking fast and aggressive to the ball, more so, way more so than they have in the beginning of the season. Absolutely. It's all okay. coming together. And they're all they've also played. They've also played NFC East teams. Daniel Jones is four and zero against the Redskins. Yeah, he's also one in seventeen against the rest of the league. But well, the point. I think um, you guys four. are headed for a, a division title. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> who's better the, right now, the Redskins I'm, or the Cowboys? 
the Redskins are better than the Cowboys, I think, right now. Yeah, and the Eagles are probably still slightly better than the Giants, but uh, that's 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 questionable. And because yeah. they they almost lost, or should have lost at home. If it wasn't for you know Evan uh, Fingertips Ingram, who who had a couple of decent fingertip catches on Sunday, uh, the Giants would have won that game. So. That's what I mean. It's the NFC East. So yeah. the, the, yeah. I, I think you guys very are gonna, possible the Giants. I think you're going to win six, <laughs> six games and win the division. That's crazy. And then have a really short playoff run. Oh, the, whoever comes out of the East is <laughs> like losing twenty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not not even know. sixty. Not even, not even, not even the entire second quarter. <laughs> it's the game's uh, although I don't know, this was the week of a lot of teams that we thought were really good looking pretty horrible. Yeah, and true. vice but, versa. But, let me let me ask you guys this because you're both Giants fans. At this point, given what they've done, and right. you know, let's face it, they're they're kind of out of the run for the first pick unless they're going to trade or whatever. Would you be happier to actually see some improvement out of them, or does that just kind of mean, well, I guess Daniel Jones is sticking around? What if they do win six games this year? I don't think Daniel Jones is going anywhere. I think if there's some reason the Giants, honestly, if the Giants wound up with the first pick, they'd be trading it away for for other picks or players or whatever. They're 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 bought into Daniel Jones. Um, but assume that's out of the out of the realm of possibility, just right. for the sake of the argument. Sure. How much do you want to see them improve? Well, it's it, uh, that's like asking, you know, <laughs> would you like to get hit by a garbage truck and die or get hit by a garbage truck and collect the insurance money and not be able to walk? It, it, it's just I don't know. Uh, they're not going to improve to the point where they're they're better than mediocre. Right. And I just don't see this team the way they're constituted doing anything in the next three or four years. And and so that's why in a league that is dominated now by quarterback play, um, I just, I, I think that they've invested their future in a quarterback who you've heard this before for me, who I think is a backup at best in this league and a running back who, when he's healthy, might be one of the top three or four, but can't seem to stay healthy. Right. And that's who they put their future around. So it's, but but the Giants have some some young players who are starting to to step up and be pretty good on the defensive side. On the offensive side, I think it's their veterans that are carrying. I mean, Golden Tate is still their best offensive weapon, even though he's they didn't even bring him to the game on Sunday. Yeah, wonder so, what his wife thinks about that. I'm sure she's not a happy camper. <laughs> I didn't uh, check her Twitter feed. Yeah. Or Instagram, whatever she was posting on. I wrote a, I wrote an interesting article on the blog and the uh, on the logger room website. So yeah, yeah. Uh, if anybody is, if anybody wants to have a, a fun uh, about back, Golden Tate's wife, what what yeah, is her Golden Tate's wife? Yeah. What is her what is her name? First name, Mrs. Mrs. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I, I, that was a lot. That was a that was a lob of a dad joke, right? LC or L, L, uh, okay. Ellen or LC or something. I'm like I'm that. out of the loop on all this. I try not to follow right. the. Players' the wives? Players' wives. <laughs> it's gotten me in trouble before. So unless you're a <laughs> Buffalo fan. Three of them have restraining letters on us. <laughs> yeah. So unless you're a Buffalo fan, uh, it's looking pretty bleak if you are a New York football fan. Right. Yeah, but again, Buffalo, we thought, oh, well, maybe they're not real. And then all of a sudden, bam, Buffalo. <laughs> there you go. Uh, crazy, uh, crazy. And that's crazy, the crazy. Jets and the Giants. That's the Jets and the Giants pretty much. Well, that's record time right for us. Right. That's yeah. record time. Um, let's talk about some of the night games. Let's talk about last Thursday night, uh, Packers 49ers. Um, will the real 
Packers. I'm just going to say Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Will the real Packers please stand up? Well, I think this is a case of a little real 49ers play again yeah. because they're so injured and out of sync with who they really are. I, um, you know, I, 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 that was this was a good matchup for Green Bay. And and they've had bad games, but they they don't seem. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think they've lost two in a row this year, have they? No, no, no. They just so they seem to bounce back, and they matched up well against a a fairly understaffed 49ers team. Yeah. And the and, Packers, and the, I think I saw a 12 and three in their last 15 against San Francisco. Yeah, and some of those were obviously, you know, not good San Francisco teams. Some of them Is were pretty good the, San Francisco teams. So Is that including the championship, unfortunately, last no, night. Well, no. no. Uh, but that Green Bay's got their number, apparently. That might have been one of the three. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, Aaron, Aaron um, 34-17. I mean, and it was really 34-3 because those two well, teams. Well, it was over. There. It was one of those games, much like the Tampa Bay game with New, New Orleans, where it was, was over by halftime. I mean, yeah. it was just. Yeah, it was a foregone conclusion. It was thirty. It was thirty-four-three, and then and then the 49ers got those two TDs at like four minutes within four minutes of the end of the game in garbage time. But yeah, Green Aaron Bay looked Green Bay looked good. Yeah, they did. Aaron Rodgers three hundred five yards, four TDs. I mean, they're probably um, top five in the NFL right now, power rankings. I would have to say, right? No, I think they're. I think I saw third. I think they're, yeah. Uh, so that's what I, that's top five. Yeah. But um, <laughs> you are correct, sir. Uh, but I was told Adams, there would be no math. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Devontae Adams, here's, here's some more numbers for your math. Uh, Devontae Adams had 173 yards receiving. Yeah, and it's just it, he was he was a monster on uh, on Sunday night. I, re- I feel uh, like I, I could have a, I could have like 80 receiving with Aaron Rodgers throwing you the ball. You just have to <laughs> yeah. get, you have to get like six inches apart from the, some another player and just hold your hands out. Yeah, I, I couldn't or, at one point. I don't know if I could run that fast anymore. Yeah, so. well, yeah, you could probably get like. Um... If you put me down Probably field with nobody 60, around me, I'll catch the ball. But. Yeah, 60 on one play because no one's covering you. Right, right. Surprise effect. Why is this tackle lined up wide? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are what other games did we find interesting? Are we are we um, kind of getting a little bit higher now on the Vikings? Yeah. I mean, I think they're I think the real Vikings are standing up. I mean, we've been saying all season that the Vikings record isn't really they're I mean they're better than the record, so and again, they were just playing the Lions, really. But you know, the, the, Ryan, the Lions the are not a game, bad team. But the, the Lions I mean, are not a bad team. And the, the Vikings tonic is is Dalvin Cook. It's Dalvin Cook. Yeah, you take right? Dalvin Cook off of the, the Vikings. They're zero and nine. So, um, but uh, yeah, no, the Vikings are playing decent football right now. It's a, NFC North is a fun division right now. I mean, they're they're they're, uh, they're playing decent football. Even the Lions. <laughs> one of them has to be. One of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> one division has to be fun. And we, we thought we thought it was the NFC West in the beginning of the season. It was. And then all of a sudden the 49ers bottom dropped out. And Seattle's got a couple question marks as far as defense goes. But, uh, yeah, I, it's, it's, it's a fun division, NFC North. Um, and then uh, the NFC uh, South, on the other hand, uh, Sunday night game. Um, yeah. Interesting, huh? Yeah. Yeah. On any given Sunday. On any given Sunday. 38-3. Yeah. Tom Brady got spanked. The Saints are a team that I just can't figure out because they started out and and everybody and I sort of thought, well, maybe this is finally the year. 2020 is a weird year and uh, maybe this is the year that Drew Brees and uh, finally wins another Super Bowl and then they kind of they became mediocre again and then they looked really good the other night. But it's one game, but I, I want to see what they can do in back-to-back games. And they have not 
proven themselves in the playoffs the last few years. No, they haven't. They and haven't. we can get into the whole call and all that, but if you're a really good team, then you don't put yourself in a situation where one call I can't come down to a call and that, yeah, yeah that's it. Um, yeah, but Tom Brady, I mean, they, the, the, the Bucks had a total of eight yards rushing. Yeah. Eight they, yards they came rushing. out flat. And, and, you know, people are sort of giving Arians credit for calling out Brady and all that. I think the one weak spot with the Bucks is their coaching. I, I think that they just don't know what they have. They brought in Antonio Brown. We'll see if that – I think in the end that'll be a good thing. But this is a team with without a real uh, preseason. I, I'm not sure they really know what they are. Yeah, yeah I'm, not sure, I'm, not, I'm not sure they can – I'm not sure if you're on that team if you know the name of every player on that team. That's how new a lot of the makeup is of that team. And I'm not sure – I'm not sure Bruce Arians is – a coach that's going to uh, to out coach other great coaches. It seems yeah. to me like they're along those lines. They're still kind of shifting and searching for exactly who and what they are. And instead of uh, like, they haven't really made a statement. This is who we are and this is what we do. And this is how we're going to do it because maybe they, you're right. They, maybe they just don't know exactly what the best route is. Uh, but they, you know, if they're, going to continue and uh, pose a threat, they better figure it out soon because and they have to get the running game other games like this if they don't. They have to get the running game going again. They have to have balance on offense or else I think teams can tee off a little bit more. Yeah. And, you know, it is it is what it is. Their offensive line did not look great. New Orleans played a great game. They played a good game. It was over at halftime. It was over before halftime. Yeah, it was. And, and uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if Tampa Bay bounces back. Taysom Hill, by the way. He had he had twenty one yards receiving, fifty four fifty four yards rushing, and forty eight yards passing. <laughs> you know, the Saints seem to always have these utility guys, people, these utility guys who can just—they're like they're fantasy football dreams. You know, right? It's it was uh, it was an interesting game, and it was really fun, but to watch, but. You know, any any Tom Brady haters out there. <laughs> yeah, unless you're, of course, a, a Tampa Bay fan. If you're a Tampa not, Bay fan, it was, it was no not fun, fun to watch. Other than, other than being a Tampa Bay fan or a Tom Brady fan, right? Uh, it was a fun game to watch. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Brady, would be, Brady would be back. Everybody has a bad game. I mean, you know, nobody piles on Aaron Rodgers when the when the Green Bay Packers, you know, tank a game. It's it, Brady's just he's just in that position where people love to hate him. Yep, and you know. I would, I'd, I'd like to think he's the best forty-three-year-old quarterback to ever play the game. I think you're right, and, and <laughs> I mean, I don't, right. I don't really hear anybody. You know, there was a lot of talk about, well, is this, you know, has Drew Brees finally lost? Right, it, right, and, and right. that's still a question. I think at this point, I don't really hear anybody saying that about Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah he had yeah. a bad game, but he, you know, this. I, I don't hear people saying, yeah, he's. I think he's. I think this is it for him. He's lost. Yeah, it. I don't think it's it. I mean, I, I think anybody who knows the game wouldn't say that about Drew Brees either or Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the there this is the NFL in 2020 and it's 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 uh, it's very helter-skelter. It's very up and down. Yeah. And even the Steelers who are undefeated, I mean it that took some doing to get there and and then who knows? I mean, how many is Roethlisberger going to play this week? Do they want Roethlisberger to play this week? Yeah, he, uh, he did get banged up, so. Well, let's let, can we can we should we touch on that at the end of that game? Yeah, and, go for it. Yeah. This new, perhaps, kind of uh, strategy, where we're we're not going to kick a field goal and go up by eight. We're going to go for it, and if we don't get it, and there's not a lot of time, and they're going to get the ball, 
And Dallas almost pulled it off. Now, you could say it was a good gamble on the Steelers' part, especially with their eighth-string quarterback, I believe it was. Or they Damn. pulled a guy out of the stands at halftime, I think, and, and he right. was uh, under center. But uh, we've seen kind of examples of this. I thought it was uh, you, actually. Yeah, it almost was. Uh, the, I, I can't fly. Otherwise, I would have been there. there but um, this idea that uh, we – I don't know if it's we don't trust our field goal kicker to kick a chip shot or we, we don't – you know, Dallas had no timeouts. We we don't trust to kick a field goal. Or we, don't tr- we don't want to give them the ball back with any extra time. So we're going to go for it. And if we don't make it, we're, you know, we're up by five at least. And Dallas almost pulled it off. But I, yeah. I, just, I don't understand. Just – Kick it. You're up. If you kick it and you're up by eight, you can't lose, no matter right. what Dallas right. does. And you force them to, you know, vert, look, drive the field, the, get a two-point the ball out of the end zone. Right. They have to drive the fields, get a touchdown, and get the two-point two conversion. It made no but sense they, to me to not kick that field goal. Yeah, they chose no not sense to whatsoever. do that. But more and more people are not doing it. And I think what yeah. it comes down to is the. I think the goal from the Steelers' perspective, was to take as much time off the clock as possible, take the risk of saying, okay, if we get it, then then if they do right. get the they ball get back, the, they're going right. to have it with even less time. Because right now, it seems like anybody can score at the end of the game. It's just... Yeah. It, but, but, now, but you would think, I mean, it's a, I'm, yes, it's a fourth and one. If you get the fourth and one, the game's over, right? You're going to run out the clock. Okay. I mean, I'm with you. Kick the field goal. I'm always... Yeah. But, but I feel like that mentality has kind of gone by the wayside. And, and if and if somebody like the Steelers aren't following that, who let's face it, he's he's a bit of an old school coach and not the most he's a bit conservative when it comes to those kind of decisions. It's always been take the points, rely on your defense. And yeah, I mean if you can't if you can't rely look if you can't rely on the Steelers defense right. against Dallas with me at quarterback Right. And no timeouts, and how, you know whatever. How much time would they have had? A minute. But uh, then, yeah. then you. I mean, doesn't that send a signal? But he was almost he, right. Well, he was right. I mean, but it, well, he he was. But yeah, it, it, would it, he it have proved, been wrong? He, if he, he was. The field goal, though? He, but he could have been a penalty away from being wrong. Right. You know. Uh, no, I think he, I think he kicked the field goal. I think most people would say that, but there's something going on in the NFL where we've seen these calls at the end of games where it's. It's all about not giving the team the ball with even 30 seconds left with a right. chance to win it. It's yep. just I think they know that it's it's it, it's easier to score in that last minute now than it ever has been. I don't whether it's the rules or just the the benefit that the offense has or something mentally that goes on in everybody's head. It seems like nobody can coach or play defense in the last I, I minute think, of a game. I just think that's a testament to what the you know some of the tools that they've taken out of a lot of the defensive uh, yeah. defenses' hands with yeah. this, these safety uh, uh, things. Right. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but right. you know, it, you know, twenty years ago you would never see this because the defenses would you know well, twenty like years had a good defense. Even would, ten ten years ago, two minutes would be you know a thirty percent, twenty five percent chance you're right. going to win it, and then. And score a two point conversion. I mean, that would bring it down to probably a you know ten to twelve percent chance. So right. now it's it's a flip, coin flip. Yeah, so well, and and in the end, it, it worked. So he was right. Yeah, and isn't that the ultimate arbiter of whether the decision was the right decision or not? And, and, and is it worked? And, and, and what I read today is Roethlisberger's only quarantined for five days. Is is he out this week? Has, has there been any call on that? Uh, there know. hasn't been there hasn't been any mention whether he's out. Yeah, there, there's nothing been said. 
So, um, I mean, I think I think yeah. he's a big key. I, I mean, I think they can win with a backup quarterback, but I certainly the chances of winning multiple games without him there certainly diminish their chance of having a perfect season. That I still don't think they're. I still don't think they're the best team in the NFL, even though they're undefeated. And this is the first time that they've actually been eight and zero ever. It's crazy, right? When you think about all those, you think one, about the Steelers, those, yeah, right? Those amazing teams back in the day. Yeah. And they, um, they, have, they have the Bengals at home this week, so you know it's it's not an it's not an easy game, but it's a divisional game and one that they should be able to win, being eight and zero. Bengals uh, are getting better. Bengals are getting better, but you know. Well, let, let me bring up another topic that I heard discussed uh, earlier this week, and that was. Um, is it possible to, if need be, because of COVID, to um, just cancel some games? And no, the discussion, not. and this discussion was about uh, involving uh, Pittsburgh, and yeah. looking at Pittsburgh and saying, "Well, if you just cancel the game, what if they go fifteen and zero, and another team plays all their games and goes fifteen and one? You know, like which one of those teams?" Uh, if it comes down to the two of them goes into the the playoffs or, you know, like what sort of a tiebreaker, uh, what do you do? Can you actually afford to? They probably have to play that other game. Yeah. They probably have to play that. I think they would have to play an even, uh, uh, an equal number of games, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they'd have to play the game that was canceled. And the the chiefs are the only ones that have uh, one loss. So, I mean, if that, if you were being specific, you know, 15 and 0 and 15 and one, it would just be the Chiefs, but I know you weren't. I was just being a dick. Yeah. <laughs> but, I uh, expect no less from you. Sir. Thank you, Brandon. Johnny's first dick moment. <laughs> Tonight. Uh, hardly. Tonight. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, what else do we, Oh, uh, Dolphins Cardinals. Yeah. yeah what about um, that? Boy, Kyler two, Murray. Look those, are two, those are two teams that, you know, next year I could see them. I mean, this year the Cardinals, I think, but yeah, I mean, he's he's got to be an MVP candidate, right? Yeah. I would think, I would think so. You know, if you're going to look at what he means to the team, he's uh, he's you know, he's outperforming Lamar Jackson from last year by I about think, 15, 20 percent in every category. Yeah. I think I heard the stat, and I'm not going to uh, swear to it, but he is the he's got the like he's number eight in rushing yards, yeah, in the league. Not, not not out of quarterbacks, out of uh, right, out of game. running backs or, right. or anybody who's running the ball. Right. I think yeah. he's uh, eighth in yardage. So, uh, yeah, you have to kind of look at him as an MVP. Well, he's what, what is it, uh, quarterbacks. He's he's first, obviously, right? Yeah, uh, well, I would think so. Lamar but, Jackson, um, <laughs> Lamar yeah, Jackson's right. two, and Daniel Jones, I believe, is three. So. <laughs> yeah, that could be. Uh-huh. Um, uh, just, but just, uh, just from that one run, he <laughs> stumbled. Listen, if you looked at. Um, uh, a couple right. of weeks ago, and you could say, "Well, uh, you know, Tua went in, Tua played, and uh, Miami largely won because of their defense." Right. Uh, I think they won this game largely because of Tua. So, yeah, um, we're getting a little bit of a sense of whether or not he's for real. But there's always the shadow of uh, injury hanging over him. Yeah, yeah Ky- Kyler Murray is indeed number eight. He's ahead of Ronald Jones, Kareem Hunt, James Conner, uh, Alvin Kamara. Yeah, he's he's averaging seven point one. Yards, yards per per carry, and he's got 543 yards. Oh, Jesus, that's crazy. Uh, it is insane. Yeah, Lamar Jackson's that's a, that's got 469. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, and what does what did TJ have? Just curious. Oh God, he's not even. 
<laughs> I have to go to another page. <laughs> There's a password. You need a password and <laughs> it's a cheat code. Are, are you sure? Please Wait. find please you find can, the street signs. Right. You can you gotta, see you the send you a code 30. on your you send you a text you a code you gotta on your phone. You gotta pay to see anything beyond the top. Yeah, the answer all I'm pulling up is who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Google's laughing at you. Uh, but um, well, it is true. I mean, I was just going to say, as far as uh, Tua goes, I mean, would, would if 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 Fitz was playing that game, do they win it? it, it maybe. I mean, Tua's wasn't really the problem. I don't think. I mean, they look. He looks a little unsure of himself, um, and, and th- rightfully so. Yeah, I think it would have been a closer game. It was a good game. Those are two teams that are on the uptick, and you know, Miami's basically said made the decision that they they. They've got to put their quarterback of the future in there, which I, I don't blame him. Look, he's going to be a difference maker if he can stay healthy. Yeah, well, the way he's playing, I, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't um, disagree at this point. Yeah. But um, let's take a quick trip around the NFL. We do it every week. Uh, this week, let's uh, talk, and we don't have to do that long because we already started to uh, the NFC South. Uh, obviously, the Saints and the Bucks are the class of the division, uh, and you have the Panthers and the Falcons who are not. Um, but, uh, what, but the what, Falcons are looking better. Falcons are looking a little better. Matt Ryan is leading the league in passing yards. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He is. I did see that. It's uh, it's crazy to think that their record is as low as it is. Yeah, but I mean three. I mean you know they they're not one win a one win or a lossless team anymore. I mean they're they're three, they're three and six. So they'd probably be six and three in the NFC East. They, they would probably be. <laughs> Oh, and, and and they could have easily had a couple of more wins if not for, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, a, a a girly and a whirly. Ha <laughs> ha! There we go. Trademark. A girly and a whirly. A girly and a whirly. Nice. Yeah. They, Put that they, down. Write that down, Paul. Write that down. I think they just they, they have this second half syndrome ever since the Super Bowl. Yeah. Just yeah. seems like they just can't. Certainly, where it starts. Those games out. Well, I think you know you're you're looking at. You know, let's let's call the uh, the Saints had their bye, uh, so let's. I mean, they're they're six and two. It's like a tale of uh, the opposites. I mean, six and two, six and three, and then three and six and three and six. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to come down to, to the Saints and Bucks. I think the Saints and Bucks are very close, and I think I have to give a little bit of an advantage to the Saints just because it seems like they've they're not trying to piece together their personnel and their offense, and right. and I think I give the Saints a. a an advantage in the coaching overall you uh they obviously have the uh, uh the saints obviously have the advantage of uh tiebreaker <laughs> yeah so um if it does come down to that but, but they'll probably i mean they'll both be making the playoffs right yeah i don't i don't see why one, one of them's one of them's getting in one of them's winning the division one of them's getting a wild card so yeah but and you could i mean you could as far as the the, the bottom half of the division you could say that the falcons are kind of on the way up Panthers and... are finding themselves Carolina is, I would say, you know, if you look at those two teams farther away from getting anywhere realistically, yeah, than, I don't, certainly than Atlanta is. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is a, a decent quarterback. Uh, he's not a great quarterback. I think he's a pretty solid, decent, uh, usable quarterback. Um, Robbie Anderson's a great wide receiver. I'm sure you'd love to have him right now. Uh, love to see those former Jets doing well. Yeah, so. But... Uh, time will tell, and that's why they play the games. But yeah, the Saints and the Bucks are definitely the class of the division. But so, why don't we, uh, why don't we uh, um, do some uh, picks this week? What do you think? Picks, sure. Hold on, let me uh, do our drop here. 
beaten by the coin. Beaten by the coin. I'm sure I'll lose to the coin. No one wants to be beaten by the coin. All right. All right. A quick uh, recap of last week. Um, not a good week for yours truly. However, another 4 0 for Jersey Johnny. Picking the Saints. You make me sick. Yeah, you, I, I almost did. I, I was. Yeah, you were, almost the, you did. were on the verge. I, I was on the verge. Did. I should have went with my gut. So uh, Johnny goes 4 0, 25 and 6 on the season. Uh, Harry goes 3 and 1, losing Tampa Bay like the rest of the world did. Uh, 20 and 11, so got a little bit of catch up to do still. Yours truly going 2 and 2. Stupid Washington. Almost. Almost. Uh, but uh, so I'm 22 and nine, and the coin goes three and one. Wow! Only losing with the Bucks, and they are the coin. I should say they. The coin is now one game over 500 at 16 and 15. Wow! Oh, look at that. So there we go. So nice. things change rapidly. All right. Uh, first game will be tomorrow night, and that'll be the Colts against the Titans. Anybody? Interesting matchup. Game. Yeah. Is, it, is that in Indianapolis or is it that in Tennessee? That is in Tennessee. It's in Tennessee, yeah. Titans, maybe not the powerhouse. They were to start off the season, but a very, very good team. Indy has been a little bit up and down, but known for a good defense. Anybody want to pick? <laughs> I'll, take, uh, I'll take Tennessee. Look at that. You picked. There we go. Harry is debating... You can see the smoke coming out. It's not white yet. This is just one of those games that I... Every time I pick against Phillip Rivers, he wins. It's just... This is the history of... Yeah, I, I think Tennessee, though. I think the Titans will win this game. All right. I got a couple games to play with. I'm going to take the Colts. Oh, look at you getting all cocky. I, all you, right. You know what? I'm just trying to keep it fair. This smells <laughs> like a game the Colts would win. And then they'll lose to, like, you know, somebody horrible next week. Yeah. Well, you know, we... we at some point, we have to relatively soon. We have to decide, like who who wins, what they get. <laughs> I don't know. They, you know I, they get the it. coin. I, they get the coin. There we go. All they right. Get the, they get the coin. Let's flip the coin, and the coin says tails. Coin says so, tails. So that means me. they are with Johnny and uh, taking the old Colts. All right. Uh, I'll let you guys pick this one first. Right. It's them Eagles against them Gents. Uh, I'll go first. I think the Giants are going to win their second game in a row this week. And that's not a fanboy coming out of me. I just think that they were close enough to the Eagles in in Philly on a national game when they played them um, on a Thursday night. And uh, they should have won the game. And this week they're home and they're coming up that coming off that uh, big win down in uh, Washington. So, yeah, I think it's the Giants game this week. Yeah, Pete. Oh, all right. Um, yeah, the, the Giants are coming up, and Philly is still not healthy. Right. Uh, but there is the Daniel Jones factor. I got to catch up. I'm, I'm going to go against my better judgment, and I'm going to take the Eagles. There you go. Since if I do go out wearing, of course, seven face masks in a room full of three people, I'll probably be watching this game at an Eagles bar here in Denver. There's an Eagles bar in Denver. Yeah, and for the and I just feel like based on this week's uh, activities, I have to root for the Eagles this week. Um, 
I think the Eagles are going to win this game. Wow. All right. I am out alone. Two picks in a row. Look well, let's see what the uh, – yeah, let's see what the coin says. Because they don't really count. It's, coin is going tails once again. That's the Eagles. So that is the Eagles. So you are out on a limb on this one. I am alone. But that worked out pretty well last week with uh, the Saints. Show. All right. Uh, them Ravens against them Patriotics. Hmm. Let's think about this one. Ravens. Okay. Anybody want to take the Pats? I mean, they did beat the Jets last. That's true. That is true. No, Based I think, on that information. I think the Ravens win this game. All right. Coin says, Coin says heads, and that is the home team, so they are going with New England. Yes, and they are. Coin is just getting cocky after a 3 and one week. <laughs> All right. Uh, Vikings-Bears. Good boy. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Minnesota on the way up. Chicago. What do you say about Chicago? They're either great or they're terrible. I'm gonna yeah. uh, I'm gonna take the um, I'm gonna take the Vikes because Cook they're gonna be cooking yeah. this weekend in cook. Chicago. <laughs> cook is gonna cook all Monday night. All right, there we yeah, go. I'm going. I'm going with Minnesota. The, the, the Vikings are winning this game. The the Bears are finding themselves. There's not a whole lot of pixie dust left in Nick's bag uh, at the moment, and Dalvin Cook is just looking like he's unstoppable. So I'm going with the Vikings. Is this in? Is this in Minnesota or in it's, Chicago? It's in Chicago. Chi Town. I got to take a gamble here against my better judgment. I think Chicago's going to win this game. All right. I don't know why. I just figured. I'm. 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 Either I lose to the coin or I make up some ground. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's see what the coin says. Coin says heads. And so that is uh, Chicago. So there we go. We got a nice split. So this is probably the most diverse as far as the picks we've had in any week. This is usually it's two or three games where completely everybody's in lockstep or maybe the coin is out on a limb. But we've got some real differences. So this should make things very interesting. Shake uh, things heading up. Into Shaking things up. 11. Yeah, there we go. There we go. We can do something other than go chalk. All right. Nice. All right, folks. That brings us to... Our week, our new weekly segment, our weekly segment that we've had for a few weeks now of top 10 lists. We are doing this week's top 10 list. This week is the top 10 tight ends in NFL history. Top 10 tight ends in NFL history. Sorry about that. And uh, we're going to start uh, this one. We had made our lists. Each of us made our lists and we put them together. We shook them in a bag. We spilt them out and we gave them all the uh, the votes that they had to uh, where we placed them. And again, once again, we came out with a uh, with a tie. Uh, for number uh, number ten, so our tie for number ten is this guy, <laughs> Kirk Cameron again. Kirk Cameron again, and uh, and and uh, top ten uh, tight ends. Uh, he's not a tight end though. In this one right here. Come on now, that's that's not right. <laughs> that's disgusting. <laughs> is it really? How, how dare you objectify people? Uh, it was a picture of you. If anybody's listening, it was a picture of Pat. I wish. There you go. I wouldn't be sitting here doing this if I had an ass like that. <laughs> All right, folks, let's 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 be real. Top ten, uh, top ten NFL tight ends. Uh, I want to start it. Our number, uh, our number ten uh, tight end, um, tied for number ten is Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, folks. Uh, Travis Kelsey. Travis Michael Kelsey is his given name. He uh, was drafted in the third, uh, third round, 2013, by the Kansas City Chiefs. He obviously won the Super Bowl last year. He's a five-time Pro Bowler, uh, 20, 
uh, 15 through 2019, so five years in a row. Second, uh, two-time first-team All-Pro in 2016, 2018. Uh, two-time second-team All-Pro in 17 and 19. He's a member of the uh, 2010s All-Decade team, and uh, he uh, in college he was a first-team All-Big East in 2012. He went to uh, Cincinnati. Born in Ohio, so... What do you uh, what do you guys think about number ten, Travis Kelsey? I think he's going to wind up being higher on this list when it's all said and done. If he stays healthy, I mean he's uh, he's 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 one of those game changers at this position, I think, and uh, you know his numbers kind of prove it. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think by by the time all said and done, he's uh, he's definitely raising he's definitely rising up on the list. Yeah, yeah, and we're gonna look back and go well. Really fortunate we got to see him play. Yeah, yeah. There are there are great players, obviously, in every era, and you know you, you kind of have some from like your you know your childhood, and mm-hmm. you know from your adult life. And Kelsey's going to be a guy that you know we'll look back at his old men, and we'll go, he's that tight end is good, but he's no Travis Kelsey. Yeah, and then, then our you know I was grandkids just... will go, who, who is Travis Kelsey? Oh, well, let me tell you. He's, yeah. Travis Kelsey. he's a pretty good one. Yeah, no, he's he's definitely up there. He's, you know, a lot of people are, are, are you know, they got George Kittle neck and neck with him, but uh, Kelsey's so much better than that right now. I mean, George Kittle, I mean, he's, he's he can come along. I mean, no, the difference know, is that Kittle is kind of the only weapon in a lot of ways on that team with the right. quarterback who's been hurt a lot. Yeah. And Kelsey's on a team that I think, you know, Every week they sign another Pro Bowler, and they have Patrick Mahomes. So, but, but, but that doesn't but, d- diminish. That doesn't diminish what. But he doesn't. You know, if you double team Kelsey, then forget about it. You're right. you're toast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's as a and as a tight end, he's as much a go to guy as anyone else on that team. Absolutely, right? as you just mentioned is you know has Pat Mahomes and is full of Pro Bowlers. Uh, Absolutely, uh, and to he, boot. He's been he's been playing for for eight seasons now, and he has over seven thousand yards, seven seventy two hundred and thirty four yards. So I mean that's 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 those are wide receiver numbers. Yeah, and he's not allergic to blocking. No, no, nope. he, he's a, he's a very good blocker too. He's not, you know, one of these uh, you know slot receivers that they line up as a tight end. I mean, he's no Zeke Mowat, but no, who is though? Seriously, <laughs> I mean Moorhead actually, I believe. When, uh... <laughs> Zeke's twin Zach. Zach Moa. Zach, Zach Moa. Moa. Zeke and Zach. All right. Insurance um, agent. So uh, tied tied for tenth is um, a bit of a, a a tear for me because I'm of course a Dallas fan, but uh, this poor guy, uh, more known for one terrible yeah. moment with the Cowboys, for which I think he he just played one season, and that was a drop pass in the Super Bowl. That's true. <laughs> Losing to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't all his fault, of course. But uh, Jackie Smith tied for tenth with Mr. Kelsey, uh, a Cardinal and a great tight end, five times to the Pro Bowl, uh, fifteen years in the league. Came in with uh, the Cardinals and played from sixty-three to seventy-seven. Uh, almost five hundred catches, four hundred eighty catches, seventy-nine hundred and eighteen yards. Uh, so you talk about you know how long until Kelsey surpasses that? Sixteen and a half. Yards per catch was his average. 40 touchdowns, and he carried the ball a bunch of times, too. 38 carries for a little over 300 yards. Uh, obviously a Hall of Famer uh, back in 1994. But, again, known more 
Yeah. Uh, at least outside of mostly outside of St. Louis for that terrible, terrible Super Bowl moment. Yeah. Yeah. He was Jim Hart's kind of go to guy there for a long yeah, time. He was. Yeah. He was. Yep. And uh, I, I think absolutely deserving of, uh, even though it's a tie for 10th being in the top 10 list, Jackie Smith. There you go. Thank forever you. a cowboy, despite his single season. Despite and, the single season and, and the drop. The drop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's a, he's, he's a cowboy. Tie for number 10, Jackie Smith. There you go. All right. Well, um, Harry, tell us who number nine is. Number nine is Dave Casper of the Oakland Raiders. Of course, Dave Casper uh, won a Super Bowl with the Raiders. He's a five-time Pro Bowler, part of the NFL 1970s All-Decade team. And, and you know, I think Casper was kind of one of those guys who – if, if I had to pick three or four that ch- kind of changed the position, I think he'd be one of those guys. He was obviously a great blocker. He played on those Raiders teams that were tougher than nails, but he was, he was a go-to receiver and he was just unbelievably daring at going across the middle and just getting his head knocked off. It seemed like, and you know, in the, in the, in the seventies into the early eighties, uh, he was he he just you could tell he was better than most other people at this position. And I think it until Kellen Winslow came along, he was the guy who was really kind of putting the the tight end into that position of being one of the the top offensive weapons. And uh, yeah, he played he played for quite a quite a while. I guess I guess he left the Raiders, went to the Oilers for three years, then the Vikings, and then finished up with the Raiders. But uh, and I think. Probably pretty well known because of the the Super Bowl win that the Raiders had at that time. Sure, great, uh, great tight end. I think deserving a number nine. That was uh, definitely a good pick, Dave Casper. There you go, number yeah, nine. as much uh, a game changer uh, at the tight end position as you know anybody who's who's played the ball. I mean, he yeah. was just brilliant and a big play guy. You know, one of you just kind of throw it up there, let him go get it. Very and probably, I mean, you have an argument about him and Todd Christensen. Probably yeah. one and two, at least in, in Raider, as far yeah. as Raiders tight ends go. But Christensen, you know, he was a real workhorse. Right. You know, I think he led the league one year with like 95 catches or something like that. Uh, Casper was just, I don't know, he just had like that elite status. But 52 touchdowns in an era when, you know, in a career 30 would have been Hall of Fame. Yeah. You know? yeah. So when you literally look at that compared to to some of the other guys, he he he. he he got the ball in the end zone and they were running the ball quite a bit in those days. And they, obviously the Raiders had some, you know, other offensive weapons at wide receivers. So the fact that he finished with over 5,000 receiving yards and 52 touchdowns, that's pretty impressive for the era that he played in. This is true. This is true. Definitely. And Todd Christensen, like, let's, let's be fair. Just, just missed the list too. Yeah. Yeah. He was right yeah. up there. But uh, there you go. Number nine, Dave Casper. I'll take number eight. Number eight is none other than Mr. John Mackey. John Mackey of the Baltimore Colts fame. Uh, Mr. John Mackey, uh, born on September 24th, 1941, uh, passed away, oh, about nine years ago uh, at the age of, well, he was almost 70, uh, still way too young. But he was drafted in the, uh, in the NFL uh, draft round two, 19th pick. Uh, 1963. He was also in, drafted in the AFL draft. Obviously, he went to the NFL, uh, not the AFL, but he played for the Colts from 63 to 71. Uh, and then he played a year with the Chargers, too. Uh, he was a champion, Super Bowl champion in Super Bowl V. Uh, he was 
a an NFL champion in '68, obviously again uh, with the uh, loss to the uh, those upstart uh, Jets in the Super Bowl that year. Uh, but he was a five-time Pro Bowler in '63 and then '65 through '68. He was a three-time first-team All-Pro '66 through '68. He was a member of the NFL 1960s All-Decade Team. He's a member of the 50th Anniversary Team and the 100th Anniversary Team. Yeah, there you have it, John Mackey. Um, great player. I mean, he had he had a, a fair number of receptions. I mean, 331. But he had, his yardage was up there. It's 5,236 uh, 5, yards, and he had 38 receiving touchdowns too. Um, yeah, it, th- those numbers are more in line than what we're talking about with uh, Dave Casper. Um, yeah, and and even less of a and even less of a passing offense. You know, the tight ends were even less involved. Yeah, yeah, with, with Mackey than with Casper. I mean, Casper is sort of part of that. He started off early, but was in that era in the mid seventies when it sure. started to open up a little bit. Mackey was obviously before that, and I, I think his legend just goes down because of the teams that he played on. And the fact that he was really one of the first tight ends to be used in in as in, in the way that he was. Yeah, yeah, he uh, definitely was um, uh, for for the era he played in, as you were referring to. Yeah, for the, to have thirty eight touchdowns in in the era he played in was uh, was pretty damn good. Yeah, he was a groundbreaker, no question. There he is, uh, number eight, John Mackey. Pete, why don't you tell us who number seven is? Number seven, just for me, another cowboy. There you go. And one of the all-time great Cowboys, uh, Jason Witten, of course, we're talking about. Uh, 2003 to 2017 with uh, those boys, them boys, them boys, I should say, them in boys. Dallas. Uh, left for a season to become a broadcaster, was pretty big, and then uh, went back for the uh, 2019 season. Had a pretty good year. Uh, I don't think anyone said, well, boy, that was a terrible mistake to come back in 2019. Uh, two-time first-team uh, All-Pro, 11 times to the Pro Bowl, uh, 1,215 catches for 12,977 yards and 72 touchdowns. Uh, a stalwart, a go-to. Uh, you could say for um, kind of uh, what you might say is the sort of the old-school tight end, a, a big guy, you know, big body, and a great blocker as well as a pass catcher, but a go-to for that uh, Dallas team. And like I said, one of the uh, all-time great Cowboys. Ten-time ten pro bowler. And actually, he caught another touchdown the year he came. I think he came back. So he had 73 touchdowns and over 13,000 yards. It's crazy. There we go. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, he, he, and I was surprised he didn't win a Super Bowl. For some reason, in my head, he was on that one of those, you know, the Dallas teams that won – but he wasn't. He was. He came after nope. that. He no, was, he came he, after that. He was he the Romo the era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was uh, uh, beyond those. Yeah, the Cowboys haven't won a Super Bowl in twenty-five years. Yeah, it's it's, it's weird to and think what, that. What, what are you going to bring that up for? Well, you know, another another Cowboy <laughs> tight end that was almost made it to my list was Jay Novacek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he would have. Uh, he would have been in there. I feel like Witten was kind of the extension of him in some ways, in, in, but much better. Ways. Yeah. I definitely agree. And uh, and there you have it, number seven, Jason Witten. Um, Harry, before we move to you, I just want to bring one thing back up again that I did neglect to mention with John Mackey. Um, he passed away again, like I, like, uh, I was saying, at the age of 69. It was uh, revealed by a study that they did at the University of Boston that he did, uh, they did a study on his brain, he did die of CTE. Yeah. 
I think we're going to find more and more. Yeah. Unfortunately, pro football players are going to be diagnosed with that, which is too bad. Hopefully yeah, it really we... sucks. Just yeah. absolutely horrible. Um, again, that was number seven, uh, Jason Witten. Let's, uh, Harry, why don't you bring us to number six? Number six is a guy. If he doesn't have CTE, when he's uh, when the, I don't know how he doesn't, because he was he's probably on this list more for his ability to block and just run over people than than anything else. And that's his Mike. Head, his head is made of iron. So. It is I, iron iron head. Mike Ditka. Uh, Ditka is one of only two people to win a uh, Super Bowl as a player, an assistant coach, and a head coach. And he, he won an NFL championship as well as a Super Bowl. Uh, his, his Super Bowl win was actually with the Dallas Cowboys, but he's right. obviously uh, known for his time as a player and a coach with the Bears. Uh, 5,812 yards, 43 touchdowns, five Pro Bowls, and really two championships, one Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, he he is the old school tight end. I, I think he's even more old school than maybe John Mackey was in a lot of ways. Right. He was a good receiver. He wasn't the fastest guy, but he was just strong. He was obviously part of the of, of their running offense. And you would think Ditka would he, – he played tight end like a linebacker. I mean, I think he looked for people to hit when he was playing. And, uh, you know, he, he probably would not be a tight end in today's NFL – but he was just known as one of the toughest players to ever play. And I think that's, I think his legend really comes from that. He's also known as one of the smarter guys on, on the field and uh, could outsmart defenses and get open and caught a lot of passes and, and scored a lot of touchdowns on a team that on teams that weren't necessarily known to light up the scoreboard. And so I think when you look at what he was able to do, he was their red zone target uh, and, you know, he even caught it even at the end of his career when he won with Dallas. He he caught a pass in that Super Bowl. So right, and and I think he's more well known as a coach, obviously, and his personality and the fact that uh, and and maybe a, an announcer to some of the people that are even younger. But he's he just when you think of the NFL, you can't go more than five names without thinking of Mike Ditka. I think he's just one of those, and and maybe the one person that you think of when you think of the bears. He's probably the first person that comes to everybody's he's name. He's the first person. Yeah, well, uh, Walter Payton probably comes to mind. But first, Walter but Payton is obviously one of the best, but I, I think if you were to ask, I, th- I think Ditka transcends a gener- two generations before Payton and two generations after Payton. I, I, I as agree. Far as, as far as notoriety. I agree. I but yeah, Walter Payton is one of the best players to ever play the game. I'm, I was, what I was just going to say was Walter Payton definitely comes to mind first, but he comes to mind with Mike Ditka. Yeah. yeah. Cause um, yeah, and, and and the third is the fridge, of course. <laughs> oh, come on! I thought it was the, uh, the third is McMahon's mullet. Well, Mike Singletary for me, but oh, of course, well, yeah, I, probably Samurai. I, I was just going on the. But um, if you ask people, I mean, if you ask non-sports fans, they're going to think of Ditka because of the Saturday Night Live skits. I think, sure. and oh, the Paris. fridge. The fridge. I mean, the fridge was. I mean, come on, that was exciting. Everybody wanted the fridge to come in and at, at the goal line. Number seventy-two reports eligible. <laughs> and I mean, Ditka had so much else that he was known for. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm sure there were people who went, "Well, he was a player," and then right. with a little bit of research, went, "Wow, he was really good." You know, he was right. sort of like. Um, if you remember way back in the day when uh, Ray Berry was coaching uh, the Patriots. Mm-hmm. 
uh, that you know the the Super Bowl right against the Bears, the Super Bowl shuffle and the videos and all that. Sure. And uh, Ray Berry, Ray Berry was a damn good tight end in the NFL himself, right? Uh, but not known for that really until yeah. uh, he got to the Super Bowl as a coach and people began to look into it. So, but Ditka had just so many other things to be uh, to be known for. Other than yeah, player, player yeah. Playing. But he was, and he, and he was assistant coach under Landry too. He came from that tree. He 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 was, you know, he was one of those coaches who coached like he played. It was all about grind it out, beat him over the head football. Uh, I, there wasn't a lot, but you know what he did with that Bears team in '85 was have arguably one of the best defenses of all time. And he had fun with the offense. I mean, he realized that he had an a traditional offense, and he. He ran with it, literally. So, I mean, you got to give him credit for, for him. Uh, great hair, too. Well, yeah, yeah of course. He, but he I, was, I, he, I do he think hitting. he's best known for the for those Saturday Night Live skits. I'm <laughs> yeah. serious. I mean, yeah, that made, that made him a right. legend because that's how everybody in Chicago felt about him. The Bears. The Bears. Uh, he, was, he was the hair before Jimmy Johnson. That's yeah, that's true. Yeah, no. Right. Uh, there you go. Number, Mike num- number six, Mike Dicka. I'll take number five. Number five is none other than Mr. Antonio Gates. Antonio Ethan Gates. Antonio Gates was drafted in 2003 uh, by the San Diego Chargers and played for, uh, oh, 16 seasons? Was it? Yeah, 16 seasons. 2003 through just a couple of years ago, uh, 2018. Uh, eight-time Pro Bowler. Uh 2004 through 2011 straight, uh, eight times straight. He's a three-time first-team All-Pro in 04 through 06, uh, two-time second-team All-Pro, 2009 and 10. He was a member of the 2000s All-Decade team. He's a member of the Chargers 50th anniversary team. He he had 11,841 yards and had 116 receiving touchdowns. You know, granted, his, his career was a little longer than most tight ends, but... Uh, that those are big numbers, uh, especially as he got you know older when he was playing. But he's definitely uh, also to mention he was actually undrafted. Um, he went undrafted in 2003. He was not drafted by the uh, by the San Diego Chargers. Um, they picked him up. He was an undrafted free agent, um, and he's considered one of the best undrafted free agent signings in NFL history, uh, as you as you could well imagine for a 16 year uh, you know tight end that's uh, um, has all those numbers, uh, eight time Pro Bowler, you know. But there you go, um, Antonio Gates. He's uh, he he was right in there on my list. Um, you know, there's a couple that are higher than him. I might have, I think I had him one spot higher. I think uh, I did too. That. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he's he, got he, the he, most touchdowns for any tight end in history. Yeah. And uh, I think if he didn't play in San Diego and he had won a Super Bowl, I think I'd probably have him number two or three on this on this, on the list. Yeah, I agree. If he had been on, yeah, his his numbers were were as high as they were because a he was great, but but he also played a hell of a long time, right? And he was yeah. very consistent. But, and, uh, and he was the guy that you, at times was unstoppable. Yeah, like hundred and sixteen touchdowns. I mean, yeah, I mean you kind of knew they were going to throw the ball his way and try whatever they might uh, on the defensive side. Uh, you just you couldn't stop him. There were times he was literally unstoppable. They, he, the ball would get to him. Yeah, and his, his entire career, I mean, he had basically just one, you know, quarterback throwing to him too. You know, and uh, Philip Rivers, pretty, but he did pretty have, good quarterback. He did have yeah. one quarterback before Philip Rivers too, and he was a pretty good quarterback too. 
Yes. Um, so, but uh, Mr. Drew Brees. But um, yeah, it, like you said, Harry, uh, consistent, uh, highest number of touchdowns. And granted, that had a lot to do with his longevity, but still uh, a feat that was uh, pretty amazing. Yeah, almost 12,000 yards in his career. I mean, that's that's incredible. It that's, is incredible. Yeah. Crazy, crazy, crazy. There you go. Number right. five, Antonio Gates. Uh, bring us to number four. Bring us to number four there, Pete. <sighs> number four. Well, I, you, you can't. Uh... Hey, I gave you two Cowboys. I know. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> then, then you put a little uh, – Put a little pepper on the butter here with Mr. Gronkowski. <laughs> Number four is Robbie Gronkowski. Uh, you can't deny his greatness. I, of course, for, you know, since he's uh, all those years with the Pats and me being a Jet fan, there's some bitterness there. But uh, five times in the Pro Bowl, four times in All-Pro, three Super Bowl rings, Hall of Famer on the uh, All-2010s team, uh, and a guy who um, – Really, I mean, would have done even more perhaps if he hadn't had uh, injuries and was as great as he was despite uh, yeah. those injuries. And coming back, and again, coming back this year and uh, teaming up with his uh, his buddy, Mr. Brady. Look, not having a bad season, uh, 27 receptions this year, got three touchdowns, largely ineffective in the first uh, several games, but uh, making a mark there. And look, a total of... Uh, 548 receptions, 8,184 yards, and 82 touchdowns. That ain't uh, that that ain't uh, no uh, weak sauce right there. Not too sure. Uh, again, and he, and he was hurt a lot of a lot of the seasons. You know, he was he hurt was... a lot, but uh, again, despite all that, he he put up numbers, and he was definitely a guy that uh, was unstoppable at times. I mean, he I mean, was he was probably I mean at least the best tight end, and you could certainly say. Uh, amongst the, the the upper echelon and on any uh, given season amongst the best players in the NFL. He was just yeah, – he he's a freak. I had him high. I had him one slot higher, I think. he. I would say that him and Jimmy Graham of their era were the two biggest targets. And the difference between the two of them was that Gronk could just – he was that old-school tight end who, who was probably one of the best blocking tight ends to ever play the game. And you, and you could just – throw it across the middle to him and he could drag 12 people down the field, or you could, you know, throw that post to him in the corner of the end zone. And he's so big that, uh, you know, he's going to get it. I just remember in the Super Bowl with that last minute heave when the, they were playing the giants, he almost caught, I think he was, I think he was playing on one leg and had nine braces on the other one. Yeah. He almost, he almost caught it. Yeah, he did. He did. And what, what I always found funny about, or not funny, but amazing about Rob Gronkowski is that he just, he's so big. Uh, you know, sometimes he goes up, he, you know, he, he goes out for a pass, and he catches the ball, and he's like lumbering down. It almost looks like he's in slow motion. Yeah. And he's still moving, but, you know, it's still going to take 19 guys to bring him down, too. It's just, it's crazy. It was a big target. It got, got hit a lot. And, uh, and one of the greatest personalities, I mean, of football. You have to, on a team that was, you know, personified by Mr. Mr. Dower himself, Bill Belichick, Rob Gonkowski was the complete opposite, you know? Yeah, and, uh, and really the only, I like to see them on Hall a of fame weapon that Brady really ever had. You know, I mean, he had one season with, uh, with, uh, Randy Moss. with Randy Moss, but I mean, and they, Gronk, and they lost the Super Bowl that year too. Yeah. Yeah. And Gronk was, uh, <laughs> Gronk was, Brady's go-to guy, but he's he was hurt a lot at, at the end of the season and in the playoffs. So I mean, 
I think had he stayed healthy, even even though his numbers would never match with to the guy who's we're talking about with number one, right? But he, he would have had even greater value he, than he, he did. He, he would he would be number one or number two on my list. Yeah. Gotcha. No, I, like I said, I, I I wouldn't mind seeing a sitcom with uh, Belichick and Gronkowski. Yeah. Like a, <laughs> a cooking show. Like, like I think a cooking show would be a good. Cooking no, show. I think would, a revamp of like Bill and Rob. Right, Sanford Son or, or yeah. HGTV flipping flipping out with Gronk and Bell. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. <laughs> oh, Gronk. Oh, Gronk. There you go. <laughs> well, there you go. Number four. All right. Rob number Gronkowski. Four. Uh, Harry, why don't you why don't you let us know who number three is? Number three is a man that I'll be honest with you, personality wise, I just can't stand him but he's a great nfl player and he's gone on to become a great commentator yeah mr shannon sharp yes mr shannon sharp three time super bowl champion twice with the broncos one with the ravens he actually started out as a wide receiver and he was i think he was kind of one of the first guys to come into the league who as a tight end uh was really used as a as a just a really big wide receiver he was not known for his blocking uh he he'll i think he'd be the first one to admit that but he was a threat and on those broncos teams and on the raven team he was he was one hell of a player he 10 over ten thousand yards in his career 62 touchdowns three three super bowls and eight pro bowls and when you look back on it, I mean, he, he's totally deserving to be, you know, some would argue he could be number one or number two, but um, he, he, he was one of those guys. He, he was, he was definitely a motivator. Some, some would say maybe too much. So he was definitely an outspoken person. And uh, you know, now he, now he hangs out with Skip Bayless. There you go. So no, Skip. yeah, I always thought, uh, I always thought he uh, was just an amazing tight end. Um, wasn't too happy about the third Super Bowl he won. Yeah, um, <laughs> as you can tell. But uh, but yeah, no, I always thought he was a great player. Just uh, I I had him right where he is. Uh, I had him number three on mine. Yeah, a guy who for whatever reason you know people love to hate, whether it was his you know that he I mean he was outspoken and he spoke honestly about stuff that a lot of people didn't. But there's no denying his talent and sort of the I mean if anybody was the prototypical receiver tight end or receiver type of tight end it was um mr shannon sharp yeah, yeah he, he was a, he was a threat and he's he has he laid the groundwork for what today's tight ends are uh, at least the good ones yep. yeah and you know guys like uh, i mean uh, in that sort of in that mold vernon davis kind of comes to mind guys that you would really yeah. maybe classify even more as a wide receiver than a, yeah. than a pure and tight Dave, end. davis almost made my list and davis is one of those guys who if you look at his numbers Pretty impressive. Also, I think had one or two Super Bowl wins. Uh, but yeah, def- him. He was. He was. They were similar players. But Sharp just. He he seemed to. Uh, he seemed to know how to get in the end zone. Yeah, always did. Always did. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Number three, Shannon Sharp. I'll take number two. Number two is none other than Mister Kellen Winslow. Kellen Boswell Winslow, to be exact. You're really big on the middle names. Uh, I'm, I love giving. What was his confirmation name? Uh, that would be uh, um, Estrelitis. Bartholomew. Bartholomew. <laughs> Bartholomew. 
Uh, <laughs> Kellen Winslow. He was he was drafted in the first round of the uh, uh, 1979 draft. Uh, pick with the uh, 13th pick overall uh, by the Chargers. He played his entire career uh, with the Chargers. He was part of uh, you know that whole Air Coriel uh, experience kind of thing. Uh, he led the NFL in receptions in 80 and 81. He became the becoming the si- second tight end ever to lead the league in receptions in back-to-back seasons. Um, his, he had 89 catches in 1980, and that was uh, that was an NFL record that he broke that year, uh, which was actually held by Mike Ditka, uh, who had 75 receptions uh, in one, uh, one year. Yeah, but he, uh, yeah, just an amazing player. Uh, two uh, it's two charges back-to-back for me. He was a five-time uh, Pro Bowler. Uh, 83, 83, and then again in 87, uh, which was uh, his last year, too. Um, and he was injured that year, uh, and that was the end of his career, actually. Uh, three-time first-team All-Pro, 83, 82, and he was second-team All-Pro in 87. Uh, two-time NFL receptions leader, again, in 80 and 81. A member of the 75th anniversary team, the 100th anniversary team, the 80s All-Decade team, and he's in the uh, San Diego Chargers Hall of Fame and the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and he's actually in the college football Hall of Fame as well. Uh, just one amazing, amazing tight end. Uh, I loved watching him play. Yeah. Uh, I think just, for people that are our age, it was just, it. Ju- he jumped out uh, as just how good he was and how different he was at that position. Yeah. yeah I and think again, he, uh, I was just going to say, and again, yeah, no, no Super Bowls, but yeah, <laughs> had he been on a team that was going to Super Bowl, he definitely would have shined in that, uh, in, the, in that game. And like Gronk, his career got cut for, by injuries of LeGronk is back, but you know, had he played a little longer, it, it's, it's interesting to see. I mean, his, his stats are impressive, but it just proves that he didn't really have a long career. But when, when he was playing, he was, those, those chargers teams were so fun. I think being on the East coast, watching those late games, it seems like it was always the chargers and Raiders yeah. and uh, watching Dan Fouts and Kellen Winslow light up the, the field was just a lot of fun. Loved watching it. Watch yeah. the, you know, Watch the Giants at one o'clock and watch the Chargers at four. It was fun. They were just so good. And then it's good really just... epic battles too. Yeah. yeah, I mean Winslow to me the word that really describes him obviously incredible talent, but a warrior. Yeah, yeah. and uh, maybe how much of it was maybe a little bit of a drama we don't know, but I mean there were times when he'd be laid out on the sideline and uh, oh there's a turnover and he'd hop pop up and go in and. And, uh, you know, catch a 45-yard touchdown pass from Fouts. Those Chargers teams were tough, man. Dan Fouts was one tough mother, too, man. They they, they took a lot of hits. <laughs> yeah. Football was a little bit more uh, physical back then. It's just a bit. Just a bit. I think we brought that up before. It's just uh, it's, it's, it's a different world right now. But, um, but yeah, those games were fun. It was really, really fun. Was, and, uh, and a lot of, fun oh, of I, I can't believe what I just saw moments. Yeah. Especially, yeah. you know, with, the, Almost with every those week. two teams. Yeah. He was he was maybe I would I would argue he was the most sharp maybe would challenge her, but he was definitely the most athletic and fastest wide receiver I've ever seen at that time. Right. You just didn't see anybody move like he did prior to that. He was right. he was just really beautiful to watch. He had a pretty good quarterback thrown to him. Just a bit. Just yeah, a that bit helps. That helps. Yeah, I think we uh, I think we featured him last week in our old ball yes. segment there, yeah, Mister Mister Dan Fouts. But yeah, there you go. Absolutely great, great tight end, fun to watch. Number two, Kellen Winslow. Uh, Pete, why don't you tell us who our number one tight end of all time is? Well, anyone who knows anything about football, I think, probably could have figured this out. Probably. It is uh, the one and only Mister Tony Gonzalez. Um, 
<laughs> Talk about longevity. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, nice. 97 to 2008 with the Chiefs. So that is, uh, what, uh, 11 seasons. And then another five uh, with Atlanta. And um, I'll just give you the numbers. I mean, they speak for themselves. Uh, 1,325 receptions, uh, a little over 15,000 yards, and 111 touchdowns. Uh, and I just want to throw some some uh, season catch totals at you as well. This is a guy who had uh, seasons where he caught 93, 99, 96, uh, two seasons at 93 uh, receptions and a bunch in the 80s. And, of course, uh, 2004, he had 102 receptions, which uh, is that still the league record? I believe it is. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, uh, that's I mean, that's just insane. That 2004 season, 102 catches, 1,258 yards and seven touchdowns which was not the most he ever had but uh you know very very consistent and uh just look uh, 14 times to the pro bowl six time all pro uh hall of fame all uh, 2000s team uh and obviously of course a hall of famer the guy just um pers- i mean he's number one anybody who doesn't have it number one on their list of tight ends uh just doesn't know what they're talking about tony gonzalez just uh what could he there was nothing he did badly there was or poorly um and he was uh, a force to be reckoned with really throughout his whole career i mean i it's he missed a handful of games at, at most so very durable and tough and uh, that's why he's uh, one of the parts some of the reasons why he's number one yeah yeah and just to answer your question uh, zach ertz actually broke the record uh yeah and he'll go down in history for that 113 uh, okay, there we go. And this just in: Tony Gonzalez just signed a one-year contract with the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> as Why a not? Punt, as a punter. Why not? Yeah, but he's going to line up. Uh, but he might line up in the. I'll slot tell you what: you know, he, he looks like he can still play. You know, he's he's become a pretty good uh, commentator, and he's he, uh, he looks he looks like he could still play. Well, I mean, uh, Bradshaw's been throwing him passes on that uh, makeshift yeah. field. Brad, Brad, Bradshaw does not look like he could still play. <laughs> But Tony Gonzalez still does. Play uh, flip cup maybe, but uh, nah, I don't know. I would I wouldn't under never underestimate Terry Bradshaw. No, no, you couldn't though. He's uh, he's an amazing guy as well. We talked about him a few weeks ago, but yeah, Tony Gonzalez is by is by by any measure uh, my uh, I, my number one uh, tight end. Uh, yeah, that was consensus amongst all a, of us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Gonzalez and Winslow were I mean, consensuses. Fourteen time Pro Bowler, fourteen. Yeah. 14 times. It's hard to play 14 seasons in, as a tight end, <laughs> let alone be a pro bowler 14 times. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most, most tight ends don't play 14 years. He was a pro bowler for, for, for 14. And, and it's not like he was playing in an era where, well, there really only were two or three good tight ends. Right. No, there was a lot of good ones. I mean, there was a lot of good ones. And, and they, a lot of them crossed over. I mean, he played long enough to see Gronk come in. Obviously, he was there when Gates was around and Jason Witten, and the list goes on and on. So, Novichak, all of them. Yeah, Novacek, Shannon Sharp. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty impressive. Just completely impressive. Absolutely. Tony G, number Tony one. Tony G, number one. Tony Gonzalez. Well, there you go. That's our list for this week. Um, it was tough. This was a tough tough to get down to 10. This was a tough one. This was a tough yeah. one. I mean, there's probably five, six, seven people you could argue should be on this list. Somebody, uh, somebody uh, messaged and mentioned to me the other day that maybe we should do um, – eras instead of uh, top 10 quarterbacks of all time top 10 uh tight ends of all time we should do eras i'm like nah 
Just nah. it's, got, it's got to be the it's got to be all time. It's got to be all time. They got to stack up. It must work during the day. Exactly. Uh, I can't yes. remember what era Fran Tarkenton played in. <laughs> neither can. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say neither can he, but I, he, it he was probably, long ago. I don't he know. probably <laughs> can. It's yeah. before the set, before the nineties, but I can't remember exactly <laughs> when. Come on. Absolutely. And what was the show he was on after he retired? Uh, that's uh, incredible. Mod. That's incredible. No, it wasn't mod. It wasn't mod. He might have no, it was a just one episode. Just was one it? Episode. Was, wasn't he in the Vernon Shirley? Wasn't he Lenny and Squiggy's roommate? He <laughs> was actually Squiggy's uncle. Squiggy's uncle. <laughs> he was Squiggy's lover. Squiggy's uncle Fran. Uncle Fran. <laughs> uncle Fran. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, and he was on. That's incredible. Yeah. That was uh, that was funny. All right. Well, that brings us to this week's segment, our normal weekly segment of old balls. All right. <laughs> Try this again. That brings us to this week's segment of Old Balls. Old Balls. That's much better. There it is. There, there we, we go. All right. Um, Harry. <laughs> I, love, I love the 1980s sound uh, effects. That's great. Don't you love it? <laughs> Harry, why don't you tell us who this week's Old Balls is? Well, in keeping with this week's top 10 list of tight ends, this week's Old Balls recipient is none other than Mark Bavaro. Who I would argue, even more so than Ditko, was probably, maybe to his detriment, the toughest tight end I have ever seen. I literally have seen him carry seven, eight guys 20 yards in the supermarket. In the supermarket. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean he 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 was obviously part a big part of the Giants' nineteen eighty six championship team. He played on the nineteen ninety Super Bowl team. Most well known for playing for the Giants, he was a two two time Pro Bowler, two time Super Bowl champ. And his numbers, I mean, his numbers are impressive. He's he's got four thousand seven hundred thirty three yards, thirty nine touchdowns. But again, he was one of those guys that if you watched him play and watched the difference that he made on the field. Uh, that's why he's he's sort of this week's recipient. He, he he, you know when I think when I think of of the best tight ends of all time, he's he comes to mind in the top four or five. It's just that he didn't have the the playing career, the the longevity that he he should have. But he was he was a big part of those Giants teams, a big part of. I just remember him carrying I don't know four, five, six players and Ronnie Lott in the championship game, and then oh yeah. Absolutely. You know, uh, he, he was one of those guys that on Giants teams, you know, the 86 team, the Giants had a lot of, lot of offensive firepower in, in the, in the second Super Bowl team, they did not, they did very little offensive firepower, but he, you know, he was a big grinded out Super Bowl, grinded out. And he was, he just, he just exuded everything that you thought about with those Giants teams, just blue collar. I don't, I don't think I've ever heard him speak. Um, he didn't spike the ball. He was the complete opposite of everything you see in the NFL today. And that's probably why I like him so much. Uh, just just one of those guys that go just Google him, watch some old film of him. He was he was absolutely unbelievable. And I think, again, another guy who not only played hurt, but the injuries finally caught up to him. And uh, he just but you couldn't knock him down. He was he was like the 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 first iteration of Gronk, but then they made Gronk bigger, stronger, faster, and, <laughs> and able to last slightly longer. But that that that's who he, that's who he reminds me of. I mean, he was he was just this guy that would just 
kind of lumber seven yards down the field, turn around, catch the ball, and then eight guys would hit him, and he'd drag him another 12 yards. And he did that all the time, and it, it caught up to him finally. Yeah, but he, he – he, he, I, I, I don't think there's – people talk about all, all these old-school tough football players. I don't think there was a guy tougher than Mark Rivara to play this game. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, he was definitely, by every sense of the imagination, Rambo. I mean, he earned the nickname yeah. – uh, you know, because of uh, you know his looks, basically. Right. But uh, but yeah, he was just a he was just a beast. He was just a bull. Really was. I mean, carrying all of those guys. Um, but you're right. He uh, the injuries caught up when he had de- degenerative knee disease. Uh, yeah. Actually, de- uh, knee problems. Uh, and that's what caused him to retire when he did. Plus bouncing around and everything else too. He left the Giants and went to the uh, took a yeah. year off. Went to the Browns for a year. Then he was on yeah. the Eagles for a couple of years. So yeah, I mean, if he'd stayed with the Giants and his knees were a little bit better, he could have. Uh, yeah, you know, seen uh, seen. It was hard seeing him leave the Giants. You know, it's kind of like watching Patrick Ewing in a Seattle SuperSonics uniform. Seeing Mark Favaro in an Eagles uniform was just ah, that was horrible. Yeah, was, especially especially the Eagles. It yeah, was absolutely horrible. And yeah. yeah, I mean, you could look at his stats and go, yeah, those those are impressive. But what's the big deal? But when you watch, just watch yeah. clips, just watch film of him playing film you know, or whatever on your com- on your computer you on can your- dial it up and watch it on the computer yeah. uh, check, and then you will the interwebs yeah and then you'll understand uh the, the greatness of mark Bavaro and the toughness yeah. and and you know what he meant to that team those uh, those giants teams especially yes. those super bowl years i loved watching them and you know what i mean right there you know so, yeah yeah, you yeah. Got, i got that jersey you listening to the you have every number the mark Bavaro uh jersey so he has, he has he has Velcro numbers. He just it's has Velcro. one shirt. No, it's it's one jersey. The tag is still hanging off that thing. That's it's right. Like they'll bring it back next week. <laughs> he gonna bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's funny that what people don't realize is that uh, Phil McConkie used to go to practice in Mark Bavaro's backpack every week. <laughs> <laughs> he slept in there too a couple of times. Still living there. Actually. He lives there. Yes, yeah. he lives there. Well, now um, listen, they were, it, they were actually decent friends. Actually, you know, they, of course. And, Anybody, you know, saves on gas fare when you get somebody to carry. Bavaro and McConkie actually worked together in in the stock industry after football. I'm not lying. That's totally, totally well. I, listen, who who would ever want to be Bavaro's enemy? That's <laughs> yeah. True. Everybody would want to be his friend. And Jersey, I think, uh, take that um, take that jersey that you're wearing and uh, uh, put it up on eBay. Uh, podcast worn. There you Podcast go. worn Mark Podcast Bavaro jersey. Worn Mark Bavaro jersey. Get old balls up. worn. Yeah, there you go. Get a few worn balls old balls. Mark Bavaro. Old Mark, balls. Bavaro. Mark Bavaro old balls. It's he he got a start right from uh, right from the get go too. Uh, Zeke Moat uh, went down uh, before the season started in uh, right in uh, Parcells named him starter. Yeah, put him right in. Yeah, right, right. Put him right in fire, and uh, and he just performed like crazy right away. Uh, great thing, and the other, the other one fact, little factoid for you. That's a beautiful thing about Mark Bavaro. As much as I like the man, uh, he shares a birthday with me. Yep, he and I, same birthday, not same year. He's older, just by just, a couple of years. By a couple of years, but right, <laughs> not a lot, but a little bit. Just goes to prove that great tight ends are born on that day. There you go. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I can't think of a comeback to that line. No, well, yeah, there, there shouldn't be. Jessica Alba was born on that birthday town that day too. So. Right, well, there, there we go. go. Well, there you yeah. have it. 
Pro uh, proving that astrology means nothing, Jessica Alba, Jersey Johnny, and Mark Favara. Mark Favara. What do they have in common? Jay Leno, too, just to yeah, throw that in. Maybe nothing. <laughs> nothing, absolutely nothing. Gonna, absolutely what, nothing at what all. What do these four people have in common? And nobody's right. going to get it. That's right. So there you go. Well, there you go. Number or number. No. Old Balls segment for this week, Mark Favaro. Old Balls. There you go. All right. Well, why don't we, uh, why don't we uh, switch gears and uh, do some baseball? Baseball. Little, baseball, baseball, you bet. Baseball, baseball, baseball. baseball. Well, baseball. Really it sounds familiar. Doesn't it start again? In, it, aren't, aren't they starting in November this year? Uh, yeah, they're uh, they're starting up again right now. Uh, they want to sneak in the season uh, while they can. Christmas <laughs> Eve, Christmas Eve World Series. <laughs> while everyone is while everyone is still healthy. Well, they they like these short seasons. They figure they can get about four or five of them in a year. Oh, the Dodgers like that. <laughs> yeah. So they can give out like a bunch of World Series trophies and and, right. and everything else. Right. So it works. It works. It's work, uh, money wise uh, and everything else. Anyway, um, yeah. Once again, we started in the be, uh, beginning of the podcast. Uh, Shane Bieber, Trevor Bauer, a uh, um, couple of Ohio homies at the moment uh, are the uh, Cy Young Award winners. Um, they're uh, you know both both great pitchers this year. Uh, both uh, definitely great pitchers this year. Um, their uh, numbers were uh, were crazy good too. I mean, Bauer uh, uh, Bauer had uh, he played a, a eleven games. Uh, he had a five and four record, but he had an ERA of uh, one seven three, uh, crazy low ERA. I mean, um, Jacob Degrom uh, was a little lower than that the first year he won his uh, Cy Young, but last year was in the twos and and he won it. So um, that was amazing. And Shane Bieber even had a lower ERA than uh, Trevor Bauer. He had a one six three. Um, and he had 122 strikeouts too. Trevor Bauer had just 100, um, but Shane Bieber had an eight and one record too. Uh, just uh, you know, I mean, it, it's it's silly to think about the numbers uh, this year with you know only only 60 games, so most starters only got 11 or 12 starts. Yeah, um, and you can't you know, really like extrapolate them out because it's really weird. Over the course of a long season, there are a lot of things that change. There's ups and downs you know, and things. Sure, yeah, ups and downs and a lot of different changes and. Weather and all that stuff. So it's sure. it's really you know. I mean, we, we can go. Oh, that's impressive um, for impressive what for it is. Games. But right. yeah, for sixty games. But yeah. enough of the numbers. Let's talk about who's going to the Mets. Let's talk about that. I mean, uh, Steve Cohen had uh, his uh, presser on uh, Tuesday, and uh, I got to tell you, as a Met fan, I was pretty impressed. Um, you know, between him and Sandy, uh, it's really exciting, uh, an exciting time to be a Met fan right now. I mean. We'll we'll see how it all plays out, but the way it looks, um, you know, he's in it. He he said flat out he wasn't in it to make money. This is about making the fans happy and the team happy, and uh, and and whatever that means. And Mets and, fans uh, believe that. Well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> you know, if, if Fred Wilpon and Jeff Wilpon said that, I'd be uh, I wouldn't even be saying it right now. But you know, he is the you know he is the richest owner in baseball. And he's a lifelong Met fan. He, he waxed nostalgic about the fact that his father used to take him to polo grounds and he used to sneak on the train and go see Met games at Shea That's Stadium right. with his friends. And He used to know. babysit Lee Mazzilli. <laughs> he probably probably, uh, probably could have. But. Well, look, he, he said things that if the Wilpon said, we definitely would absolutely not believe them. So he does have This is a great thing. I, I mean, I, personally, I don't. I've heard some of the uh, pun, professional pundits talking about what an amazing, you know, what everything they said was incredible. I don't think he really said that much that pretty much any other new owner would say, you know, we're, we're I just wish you could buy the Knicks. Yeah, we're competing yeah. against, you know, the, the, the rest of the league. And I mean, he, he sort of contrasted himself with the Wilpons and that 
It wasn't about making money, and he wasn't competing for the back page. Um, but, you know, uh, I'm still excited about it. I, I didn't really think anything that he said was incredible or amazing. But um, listen, I'll, I'll say this. I think the market is going to be a little bit depressed price-wise yep. uh, because, you know, COVID and we don't know what's going on. And it's going to be a gutsy move to be a real buyer. But I think he should because I think he's got an opportunity to get some guys at a little bit less than he might get if we had a vaccine or curatives and and the virus was not such a big problem. And that's a risk because we don't know when fans are going to go back in the stands, at least not in bulk. Right. But uh, if he really wants to win, spend a little money, spend wisely, and uh, bring in that talent. Well, I think guys are going to be signing a lot of one-year deals. Yeah. So this could be one of those one of those years where the Mets are able to put together a team that's maybe they're not maybe it's not long term, but they they finally can can get the parts and pieces that they need. Well, he did. Uh, he did say Cohen did say that he he wants to win right away, and he wants to win. He wants to build a lasting. Uh, champion. He wants to be competitive every year. Uh, he wants to bring a World Series to New York in, you know, within the next three to five years. But but probably even less. He he would be disappointed if he didn't get one in three to five years. He'd hope it would be sooner. Uh, but he wants to build a, a, a lasting champion uh, championship team too. So well, listen, Strowman signed. Yeah. Right. He, signed the uh, the uh, qual the, ten, the not, tender. Ten, uh, yeah. Whatever it is, the tender. The tender. The uh, so, uh, qualifying offer. Qualifying. Qualifying. Yeah. That's it. I knew there was a okay. word in there that I didn't have any idea what it meant. Yeah, I'm not uh, surprised that, though. No, and I think that's great. So now yeah. you go. You you bring in uh, another Cy Young winner. Bring well, if they can get Bauer, bring it. Right. Yeah, that's what you I mean. You bring, you bring you in Bauer and Springer, and you you, you jump to the you top. Get Bauer and Springer, and you and you've got Syndergaard. I guess. Going to come back mid season, maybe, or just before mid season? Early. He'll be back before mid season. He'll be and we don't, we don't, what, be a we don't know a, what that mid season is. Right. Right. And, we, yeah. right. and when it's going to be a little bit of a question. Mid season this year was August. Anyway, yeah. but but that's going to set you up for, you know, with at least some good starting pitching. And, uh, yeah. and uh, certainly if you can get uh, Springer. And then, and you know on. what? I'd, listen, I'll bring, um, I'll bring Real Muto in also. Why not? Yeah, you know what? He's a great player. Why not? I mean, if they want to spend the money, go for it. But you know what? They they could they could get a decent uh, catcher in in uh, in McCann. Um, yeah, so, but Chicago, look, if you but... if you bring some of these guys in, who's to say you can't win it next year? Yeah, and J T Romuta. Yeah, and it, and it doesn't even have you know it doesn't have to be we 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 know now that it doesn't have to be a, a hundred and sixty two game season. No. Yeah, you know, if it gets short, if they play half and then they take a month off to let everybody not be sick anymore or whatever, right. you know, who knows exactly how they're going to do it. But if it's, a shortened that season, out, but... if it's a shortened season, the Dodgers are going to win again, though. So, Well, maybe not. <laughs> Listen, they have a they have a history of they full history. seasons where they lose a lot, too. So maybe they got to build that history with a short season as there well. There you go. That's true. So they, they've won one, one, and now the next eight short seasons they'll lose. Yes, they'll lose, yeah. So uh, I, I think – I just think – I. It's a buyer's market right now. It is definitely. I mean, not, 29 teams lost money last year, this year. Um, and, you know, the Mets technically, I mean, yeah, they lost money, but now they, they didn't, you know, with, with Cohen coming in. So he's at an advantage over every team. I, I think if you can't get people in the stands, I think you're going to start to see a lot more pay-per-view and a lot more, you know, you're not going to see, you're going you're gonna to have to pay to watch baseball, I think, a lot more. Right. They're going to have to do something. There's no, you know, they have well, to. Well, technically, uh, you were, technically, the uh, Met fans and Giant fans are already paying to watch uh, to watch it, right? Because you're paying your cable bill. You're uh, you're you got to watch them on SNY. Yeah, but you know, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. It's going to be 
I think even, you, uh, because every, game. You're, you're, you're talking about people watching it on television and we're, we're thinking our age and people don't watch. <laughs> Everybody's watching <laughs> it for free on their phone. This is true. This yeah. Is true. Or on their laptop or their, right. what their computer chip that was implanted into their head or whatever <laughs> exactly. the fuck it is that people have. I can't wait till glasses where you just touch it and then you it's right it there. Me. It's right in front I mean, of I know they kind of have those, but they're not very good right now. Though. No. Yeah, blurry, a couple years. blurry, and they give you a headache. I'm looking for the glasses where uh, where I can turn it on, and Oraldos Chapman actually saves a game in the clutch. <laughs> so, so you want alternate reality glasses? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. The uh, well, I believe uh, Trump eyewear is going to be launching any day now, and <laughs> that's right. That will feature nothing but alternative realities. Right. That's right. So, so the All Mets. Right. Listen, I, I'll say this too: sign Lindor too. Why not? Bring them, bring them on, bring them hey, on, you know bring yeah, them and win. I think Bauer's going to have a lot. Of, I think there's going to be a lot of people. I think the Yankees are going to go after him. Uh, you know, I mean, I think the Yankees have to re-sign DJ LeMayu. I think he's that's their that's their biggest. Uh, that's yeah. the first goal is to get yeah. re-signed. But they, but but look, they have who is it? Uh, Paxson and um, Matsuharu. You know, uh, they they can't re-sign either of them. They just can't. I mean, it's uh, they're gone, so they need they need some starters. The Yankees half is yeah, a free do. agent too, right? Happens, yeah, and, and half, and I think all. I don't of know the, if you want him back. Probably don't want I, him I, back. I, I but, don't. I don't. But I want, that's I, another know. guy they're going to lose. Well, out of those get, three, if you can take one, if you were going to take one back, who would it be? Out of those three, Tanaka. Tanaka. Yeah. Yeah. But. You know, I mean, if the Mets can get Bauer, Springer, Real Muto, and Lindor. Well, of course. Yeah. Yeah. That, that could, would be, yeah. I mean, the, that would make the payroll $300 million. Yeah, that besides get, the point. If I could get two winning lottery tickets, then, you know. <laughs> yeah, but the, well, look, the, the, the funny thing is to say that that's not beyond the realm. It's probably not going to happen, but it's not beyond the realm of possibility, though. That's the, that's the I think, funny I, thing. I think, I, think uh, uh, I think they just need another starter on the Mets. It doesn't have to be a it, it, top 30 starter, top 25 starter. Right. And I think that helps them out. Uh, you know, I think somebody like George Springer would be a hell of a fit on the Mets too. I can actually see him playing on the Mets. And he's a guy who might not light it up all the time in the regular season, but we, he's, he's, I mean, I think he's the most clutch him and Altuve are the two most clutch yeah. postseason players in, in, in major league baseball right now. I mean, since big poppy left, there's nobody more clutch. Yeah. My, uh, I, I, I think their, uh, their first goal is neat, is to uh, sign, should be to sign uh, George Springer, and then right behind that Trevor Bauer, just sign or, or Azuna. I mean, I could picture Azuna as another guy that, um, the Mets could go after and probably get. Right. Yes, yeah, it's true. Um, and and uh, they're they're about the same age. I mean, Azuna's about Azuna's Azuna's thirty. Yeah, Azuna's a year younger than uh, Springer, but yeah. But still, six of one. But I, I think you can get Azuna for less than Springer. You could, you could. Um, if you're, if, if it's a question of that, uh, which I don't know why it would be or should be anymore. But um, you know, even Sandy Alderson uh, said I mean, they're not going to spend like drunken sailors. Uh, but that I didn't take that as they're not going to spend money. I took that as they're not going to spend money frivolously. You know, no. if they, if they can get, in, meaning yeah. if they could get Bauer, Springer, Real Muto, and Lindor, yeah. they're going to yeah. do it because yeah. that's not spending money for and, and I And I think you're going to see Azuna on an American League team because he's not the best defensive player. And I could, right. he's good. He would be a hell of a DH or occasional fielder, you know. Although he had a pretty good season with, with Atlanta. Yeah. It, teams like Atlanta and Cincinnati, if they can keep those teams together, Tampa yeah. Bay, 
they're, they're going to be really good again. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think those, I think in a full season, that Reds team would be a really hard team to beat. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they definitely uh, <laughs> looked at this year. That's for sure. In a, in a short that, season, but yeah. But that's the problem is that they're, they just, they traditionally just are not able to keep it together to keep it together for 160, especially without fans in the seats. Yeah. Is that true? Is yeah. That definitely true. Well, listen, if, if the Mets and the Yankees are at least, uh, competitors maybe for some of these guys, you know, that will make things exciting. Right. Uh, that certainly that was, hasn't, hasn't been the case for a long, long time. That was the other thing too. Uh, uh, Cohen said that he's not, he's not competing against the Yankees. Um, right. But I mean, just, you know, if they're both going after the same guy, right. Not because I, not because I don't want the Yankees to get him or I don't want the damn Mets to get him, but right. because they both actually want him and they both have some money to spend. Sure. You know, that is an exciting thing for New York baseball fans. Right. I got you. I got you. But it was it was nice to see that he said that he's not competing against the Yankees, competing against twenty nine other teams. Yeah, you know, that's uh, that's um, including the Yankees. In, well, including the Yankees, he's not. He's just. He's not just competing against the Yankees. I guess. Right. Right. That, that's not his. Saying. Right. His priority is not uh, beating the Yankees. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and I think I think you know from what I, from what I'm reading, and it's nothing special. I mean, I, I think the, it sounds like the Yankees are really going after Real Muta. And that would Gee, be, I wonder why that would be, that would make me so happy. Okay. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> who are they, uh, who are they trading? Uh, who are they trading Sanchez to? Oh, I mean, whoever wants him. <laughs> or are they box giving of, him to somebody? Box of baseballs. Box yeah. of baseballs and a ham sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Box but, of baseballs and the best, uh, ball boy from whatever team they said <laughs> they ship him off to there that kid's got to move to new york and and be covered we, we want him in pinstripes yeah we think he's got a bright future i'll tell you what lemayhu likes living in new york so if the yankees can't resign him he'd he, he'd be a hell of a hell of a player on the mets yeah but that's that's Honestly, though, I agree. I, and, and if you can get them, you, you get them. You just make yeah. the move. But that's if the one if the Mets have one strength right now, it's infield players. Yeah. True, true. But you, but then you, you if you get him and you can use another player as, as trade bait, then you know. Yeah. But I, uh, I, I, I don't. I mean, Lemay is my favorite Yankee. Obviously, I watched him for years out here in Colorado. I don't want to see him leave. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't. You're saying he didn't like Denver. No, I think as, he as did. much as New York, anyway. But 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 he he likes he like he likes. It sounds like he really he 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 played his cards because he's one of those guys who's you know he's not really a, he's not gonna he's he's just he doesn't talk much and when he does he's gonna you know tell you exactly what he thinks and right. he he wants to stay on the Yankees and and I don't blame him and I think he's a good fit. I think he's the straw that stirs that Yankees drink and uh, like I said, I, are they gonna pay him though? I think they will, and I think, I think he's will. one of those guys who who's not gonna. I think he's gonna want to end his career with the Yankees, and I, I think he and I think he could if they give him the right deal. And I think I think he'll 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 also be one of those guys who won't be signing seven one year deals, trying to make an extra you know twenty million. I don't think uh, Cashman's gonna let him go anywhere. I think, yeah. uh, I, I think they'd be stupid. No, he'll end up on the Mets like after he's done. Like after he's yeah. washed up, and, well, he would have. Now right. will he? Will he still? That's the question. It's yeah, a yeah he it's probably a time. probably still will. Probably still. <laughs> I mean, and, the, listen, the curse is strong with this team. Yeah. Well, let's <laughs> and, see. Uh, Curtis, Curtis Granderson had a couple of good years after the Yankees. Robbie Cano wasn't a complete bust, you know. 
Yeah, Grandy. Uh, Grandy went to a World Series with the uh, with the Mets. So, yeah, hey. I was mad. I was sad when Granderson left because he was another player that I thought was yeah. you know just one of those guys. Stats don't really show as good. Uh, I think DJ LeMay is one of the top five players in baseball. Right. Yeah. Well, time will tell. I don't see what uh, we'll see what Uncle Steve and Sandy and I mean they got to get a GM first, but I guess Alderson's going to act as G acting GM until they do. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're going to let that stop them from making any I, deals. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. So between no. uh, between them and uh, we'll see what uh, Cashman and the boys in the Bronx can do too over there. That's well, going to be, be what's going on in New York sports because we're gonna be not going to be talking about the Knicks. This is true. It's going to be interesting hot stove. Uh, that's for sure. And speaking about the Knicks, the uh, so the season's beginning on uh, December 22nd. Yeah, we only got like five weeks until basketball. A little yeah. more than that, I guess. Yeah. The, Nick, the, the Knicks just signed Derrick Rose to a seven-year contract. <laughs> But the good, the good. Uh, wait, 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 wait. The good Please news tell me you're is, kidding. Yes. yes kidding. <laughs> the good news is, but that wouldn't surprise you, would it? That's why no. I said that. Yeah. <laughs> you really weren't sure there. Just I wasn't that. sure. No, not at all. Um, but uh, yeah, actually, the, uh, the draft is coming up on the 18th too. This it's month. five years with an option. Yeah, with a player years. option. Five years with an option for fifteen. He was yeah. he was yeah. kidding about the seven years. It's five years with an option. It's five, five years with an option, and he player option. He can be coach, and right. makes he makes a million and a half the the first five each of the first five years, and then it right. shoots up to twenty two million for six right. and seven. He has to he has to work concession stands for Rangers games, but other than that, it's a good deal. <laughs> he's got he's playing both ways, <laughs> and also <laughs> and also be a third string uh, goalie Dol- for, <laughs> it's for the Rangers. It's, it's yeah. Dolan's uh, it's Dolan's definition of playing both ways. Yeah. <laughs> God, if there's one one just one wish I'd have is to, for somebody to buy the Knicks from Dolan. Hey, I, I don't know why I don't know why Spike Lee doesn't put together a group of people and make Dolan an offer that he just can't refuse, especially now. Yeah. The the other thing I just wish Spike Lee would do is say, "Hey, look, I mean, it's hard now because there's probably not going to. But when we do return, let's hope we return to uh, being able to see sports in person. The Knicks just need to boycott Madison Square Garden. The, the, they need to have a couple really high-profile fans saying, "Hey, look!" Until Dolan sells his team, we're not going to the game. Yeah, just keep the keep the garden empty every night. Just keep uh, it empty post COVID. Keep the garden empty every night. That's yeah. right. Yeah, but um, I mean, the, the Knicks look good in the bubble. They didn't lose one game. This is true. You're right. They didn't. They did not. But, they uh, didn't win one game. <laughs> they were not invited. They weren't. They they did not. They didn't get the golden ticket. They couldn't go. But um, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, it it, it should be interesting with uh, with Mr. Thibodeau. And uh, well, is it? I mean, well, it I should see. be a little bit, maybe a little bit more, markedly more. Is, is there anybody who? heard that news and went yeah yeah i don't know i don't yeah a couple of people on the fan i think did but um yeah, yeah. Uh, but they're, they're <laughs> it's like getting excited for a new gym they're, ne- they're nets fans though that did that. yeah. That's the <laughs> it's like oh yeah jim belushi has a new film out i can't wait to go see it yeah, the principal two is coming. In. <laughs> the principal two. Is actually, they out. might have already yeah. made that one. It I might be the principal yeah, three, yeah. five. Actually, I think they're up there. it's it's <laughs> like the equivalent of watching a Meredith Baxter Bernie marathon on Lifetime. Yeah. Well, you just think it's the, the next slogan is like uh, the Tom Thibodeau era. Yeah, that might be better. Yeah. <laughs> Who? How long will that be? I don't know. That's the tagline. That's what yeah. they said. So. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. He's gonna. We've we, we hired an old school defensive minded coach for a 2021 NBA season. There you go. Yeah. That, that works very well. <laughs> but, uh, but speaking of the Nets, though, did you see their? Uh, they unveiled new jerseys. 
Um, and I didn't see that. Yeah, they're uh, they're almost like I want to say tie dye. They're like faded blue and white, different like almost like a, tie, a blue and white tie dye kind of thing. And the and the N, uh, um, they have an NY on them, and the N is the devil's N, you know, with the tail that comes down mm-hmm. on the one side. So paying homage to New Jersey, and it's the colors. They're uh, they're Jersey colors, blue, red, white, and blue. So, but uh, I don't know how Brooklyn's going to feel about that, but. Uh, hey, you know what? That's their team. So, uh, if you win, they won't care. Probably not. And we'll see what KD says about it. Too. I guess they, they can. With they, it, so. they can wear those late '90s, those like spam colored uniforms that they, the aqua teal, whatever. Uh, no, like one will, uh, no one, no one will care as long as they win. Yeah, as long as KD stays healthy and Kyrie like doesn't it. blow up and they win. Yeah, I'm looking at these jerseys. Yeah, they're horrible. Um. But anyway, it looks like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, it's probably on purpose. Yeah, yeah. I like the uh, the, the, Nets. The, the Nets ABA jersey. Those were good. Those were good. Those yeah, were good. that would be a nice. That would be a do nice you think, throwback. Do you think Nashville actually asked KD uh, if he was okay with those jerseys uh, before they actually? Yes, he probably KD designed them. <laughs> Come on, he probably design. designed him. He has, he has no fashion sense whatsoever. I mean, those and if they bring back the, the the ABA jerseys with the short shirts with Doctor J, the Doctor J's to rock with the the, the stars and stripes going down the side. I mean, come on, yeah. that's they should have throwback day. I mean, they have that in the uh, in the NFL, and uh, I, I don't think it, well, and and they could all have uh, Doctor J, right, right, uh, where the yeah. where the name used to go. Now they put you know whatever slogan, and then they have their real right. name. Across the lower back, oh, they right, could yeah, all wear yeah, Doctor have your slogan on the back. I would, yeah, they could I, all wear Doctor J on the top, and then their well, regular yeah. names underneath. Mine is always a uh, free Tibet. That's what I would wear on the back, <laughs> or save the whales. Save Tibet, <laughs> free the whales. Yeah, mine is a uh, new Coke sucked. Yeah, let <laughs> <laughs> me make back. sure everyone remembers that <laughs> new Coke sucked. It really did though. Yeah. Bring back the. The, 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 what was the uh, what was the McDonald's sandwich with the, that had uh, the McDLT? No, the uh, the one with that had seaweed in it. The uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, what was that? Which is good. Uh, for that's a good yeah, question. Those matter. of you that don't know, the McDLT was uh, two separate compartments in the uh, yeah, that's in right. the package, and it was cold so the, on one side and hot on the other. So the lettuce stays fresh. Lettuce stays fresh. Yeah, so, and lettuce, try, I believe, was in quotes. Try eating, right. yeah. Try eating yeah. that while you're driving. Uh, that wasn't yeah. fun. I did. I, you know, I actually just figured it out. I, I picked up one half and took a bite of the hot side. He ate the hot side in the winter and the cold side in the summer. Exactly. Cool off in the summer, warm up in the winter. And you could do that. You just leave it sitting around. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't no. decay. No. It does not decay. No. All right, folks. Well, that that I think that pretty much wraps today. Up. That does it this week. Next week yeah. we'll be doing a deep dive into women's tennis. <laughs> not, why not? Why not? What the Got to be more interesting than the Giants and Jets. Uh, I think it would be. I think it would be. It depends on this game, this week's game. So we'll see what happens. Well, uh, we, we could. Uh, is this the Masters? This the Masters. Yeah. Masters, Masters starts Friday. tomorrow. So we could. Uh, you know, if we run out of things to talk about, we could talk about the Masters next week. You we guys could. I can. Well, we should. We can mention the Masters anyway. We yeah. could talk about I don't, a couple. Of I don't know anything about any golf that does not include a clown's face and a windmill. <laughs> All you got to know is a couple yeah, but you're guys wearing names. the clown's face. Yes, of course. Yeah. No, you just got to know a couple players' names, and then you just go like, Mickelson, I mean, that backswing. Yeah. What can you yeah. say? What can you that's say? all you got to do. Tom Hogan's looked really good. Tom Hogan's. <laughs> Hulk, Hulk Hogan on the uh, back. Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Yeah. 
Arnold Palmer looked like he had an Arnold Palmer on the 14th. Right. I think he did. I think he did. All right, folks. Well, All right. We want to thank you for listening and watching uh, this week's podcast. We're uh, on every Wednesday night around 7 o'clock. Please check out our website, www.logroom.com. That's L-A-G-E-R-R-O-O-M.com. And, of course, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's all at The Logger Room. And while you're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, if you watch this on Facebook Live, if you haven't done so already, please like us on Facebook so we get all the notifications. And please of like course, us. Follow, please like us. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter as well. And folks, also new this week, we have a YouTube channel. Again, The Logger Room. Just search The Logger Room and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Starting next week, you'll be able to see the show live on Facebook and also on our YouTube TV channel. So you want to check that out as well. And uh, while you're at it, the audio podcast portion, uh, not portion, this whole thing will be the audio podcast, is always available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher. Uh, just go to any or all of those services and subscribe to our podcast. Again, The Logger Room. And you will be able to catch any episode. You will not miss anything. Once again, thanks for uh, watching us today. Have a great weekend. Watch a lot of sports. And we will talk to you soon, folks. Take care. Ciao. Peace. Talking to a cat. And a man in a jumpsuit.